Gaming Podcast, episode number 81. I am Dave Z. I am joined by these two wonderful gentlemen. What's this guy? Who are you? Well, I don't know who you're pointing to, but my name is Christian. <laughs> I was pointing to you. You're to my you're to my left. Really? And I thought you were pointing to me because you literally are pointing to me from from where I'm seeing you. Yep, now, 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 who am I pointing to? You're still pointing to me. <laughs> oh, you're putting well, okay. my sock filter now. <laughs> All right, and this guy over here. And I am Brandon. All right, we got to find an official way to do that. No, I like it. I like it all fucked up each and every time. 81 episodes okay. in, we don't know how to start a show or end it. <laughs> oh, I froze again. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> don't worry. I'm sure you'll sound fine yeah. on the final result, and I'll, I'll sound, sound like. <laughs> I'll sound pristine, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even say anything yet. It'll be me breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're well, welcome, listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. I gotta be honest. In eighty-one shows, I have never felt comfortable saying my name. Well, why don't you call yourself something different then? Yeah. That's like... change your name now. Yeah, like a like a horror host, you know, like um, Doctor Demento, or you just call yourself um, Brandon, or I don't know. Is my name? Though. Well, no, like okay, that. not Brandon. Hairless. Yourself, um... <laughs> the hairless wonder. Yeah. Yeah, he is the armless. Armless. Sorry. The armless one. <laughs> he is the hairless wonder of the twenty-first century. <laughs> Like the I'll tell you crew. what, Dave, I recently watched a uh, documentary, and there's no way you could watch it because it's literally about um, – Oh, don't even to go there. About about people. It's about people with their birth defects. Oh, no. It's oh. called Being Different from 1981. Most people probably know it if they've seen the co- – because they've probably seen the cover art. It has a picture of a guy's face. Who has uh, I'm not sure what the disease is called, but it's the elephant man disease. Oh, stop it! Ooh, stop! And man, it was really, really good. And there was a woman on there that they that they um, showcased, born with no arms, does everything with her feet, everything. What choice do you have? Yeah. It, but it was like amazing to watch. Like she's driving with her feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She flicking two, the beam. She was giving a- her son oh. a haircut with her feet. That's talent. Wow. Man. I guess you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. You better learn what other choice do you have, either that or you 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 suffer. You know, you can face things on. You can be a victim, or you can make the most of your situation. Hi, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're on Patreon, you could see that he's B is waving with his foot. (laughs) Brandon's up podcasting with his feet. Now he he has a sock filter and he has a. No sock on his foot. Oh, there you go. See? It's funny because from the same era, I watched a show. It's called Different Strokes. Crazy, crazy. It's oh. about this black family that lives with white people. <laughs> Much better show. Yes. Yeah. What you talking about, Willis? No, that's great, though. That is great. See, you just got me in a better mood. Now, now you started talking about something that makes me happy. Gary Coleman, Todd Bridges. I, lo- I like that show, man. Dana Plato. Yeah, now I'm sad again, thinking about the cast of the show. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, we're talking about horror movies tonight, because we're a horror movie podcast. Are, um, we, are we, though? Yeah. Oh, well, we are, unless you pay us enough money not to be for a week. But that's that. we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> this may be half of a week, because uh, it's arguable that some of the movies are horror. Okay, that's true. That is true, but still. I would, I would say we're 60% horror tonight. Okay, which is... Still pretty solid. I, I can dig it. But even when we do a non-horror show, we're still doing two triple R's that are going to be horror movies. So, boom. There will never be a show with just non-horror. And if there is a non-horror show, it's going to be about a horror director. So, right? We Full assume. We assume. Now, 
Yeah. Are we going to tell the listeners how this is going to be kind of different than what the usual structure is for a show? Oh, that's right. Because Chris is going to mute his mic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be joined by a special guest lady. <laughs> and I'm not going to say who it is because just in case technical difficulties and whatever, you just never know. We're supposed to be joined by a special guest, the person who actually selected the movies we're going to be covering in our main events. And uh, if you have been <laughs> listening to the other shows, you know who it is. But instead of doing feature review, triple R, feature, triple feature, this time we're going to start right off with the two triple R's and then do the feature when our specialist jumps on. Features. And, and then feature, feature, feature. This so is we're gonna crazy. Go, we're going to go trip, trip, feature, feature, feature. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Right. With a little. Just to keep you on your toes. Yeah. We got to talk about some other things, though. Oh, that alien. lady's toes. <laughs> Sorry. Alien Day. <laughs> alien Day. Remember the last show where I was trying to figure out what that other thing was that everyone's been talking about the last three or four years that was never a thing before? Well, yeah. since that recording, it actually happened, and it was Alien Day. Yeah. So That's that crazy. Did, yeah. you, did you guys also celebrate May 5th as Re- Revenge of the 5th? I, I'll take that over the 4th. Yes, I'll take that. I, I I will never I I won't say it. What you don't know about Revenge of the Fifth? See, I just heard about it. I'm like, this is getting oh, out of is, control. It, it, the the world sucks. <laughs> <laughs> revenge of the Fifth. I think Revenge of the Sixth would actually be better because it sounds like Sith. No. Yeah, I agree. I'm changing it next year. I'm making my own up. I'm calling it Revenge of the Sixth. <laughs> okay, May the Sixth be with you. Oh my lord! Actually, okay. It it did lose popularity. It was not all over the place this year like it was years past. Am I right? Well, again, it was out there, but most people were making fun of it, it seemed, this, this year. Good. Make fun of it. Maybe they'll start making fun of Alien Day next and um, Kramper Schmidt or whatever that thing is called. <laughs> whatever it is. And uh, maybe we'll make up a day. I don't know. We'll, we'll get thinking on that, you know. But anyway, it was Alien Day, so that was that. Uh, we do have a couple emails to get into. We have a couple voicemails. It's been a while for both, and we, and we oh, got some. So shit. Well, shoot them yeah. to us. I'm going to shoot them. Okay, check it out. I am going to just first, before I do any of that, I want to give some props to our homie, Dave Gabbard, who has taken the time. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, this is fantastic. Out of his life. Wow, isn't it? He is actually going through all of our shows from episode one and giving us the rankings that, that we did for every movie. So, you like know, like every movie, every movie, like it starts off with us alone in the dark, Brandon, 8.5, Christian, 6.5, Dave, seven. Some, Gosh, you guys are low. 22. We're low. You're low. Oh, well, whatever. Final girls, Brandon, nine, Christian, nine, Dave, eight. Yeah, Dave, what? you're low. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Let's go through each movie right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got all night. <laughs> so he, he went through all of them. He has the sum up there. He has the, he has every show done except um, show fifty, which is you know that's forget about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's going to take him a little time, of course. But but he's getting there, and he has every, yeah, he, right now he has everything except show fifty and our year end shows. So because we do an awful lot on those shows. So when he's done with it. We're either going to put it on the Facebook group page somehow as an attachment, or maybe in the future we'll actually have a website. We can put it there, and then anyone wants to know anything about what we've rated, if anybody cares, it'll be there. We also do have the Exploding Heads letterbox page that Yordi created for us, too. It's just a matter of, of updating that 
I mean, I, I have a problem just updating my own. <laughs> That's just it. I know since I started mine this year. Right. Same deal. It, it's tough. You and know? the Exploding Heads Pornhub page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, Brandon just sucks to... his own penis with his toes. <laughs> with my toes. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I would pay to see that. Pay to see you. Yourself doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I could do that, I would pay to watch it. <laughs> well, patrons, if you want to see it, just... Uh... <laughs> By the way, patrons, if you guys have any ideas, you just want to throw them at us and come up with your own levels and your own uh, amounts, and I don't know. <laughs> Look at him. Why not he, do it? He fucking shadowed his background. He, he's <laughs> he's trying to be that. sexy. Yeah. That's for the patrons also. So if you want to, you know, get on there, $3 for the video, which is screwing up the whole show, but it, 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 <laughs> <you> should... <laughs> it's... Three bucks to see blur my background. <laughs> <laughs> How do you blur your background like that? I, we, we spent like an hour trying to figure it out uh, for you guys. For me, it's literally the drop-down menu. Just blur my background. That's, a, that's the option? Blur my background? Yeah. There you have it. Oh. Okay, let me get to these emails because I know the listeners, yeah. Yeah, the listeners are getting bored unless they're on Patreon. Oh, look at B. Well, I forgot. I can't do this. <laughs> you guys look good, though. Wow. <laughs> anyway, anyway there, there's, 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 there's some promotion. And by the way, thanks again, patrons, for just, number one, for being, you know, patrons of ours but for for your patience we want to shout you out because we're Absolutely. all trying to get acclimated to to this year and things that have happened in our our schedules personally and with our jobs and other things and it's you know we've been slowed down a little bit but now we're going full speed ahead so but thanks for your patience so everybody your movies are going to be reviewed yes. even if it takes us you know Doing a bonus, not a bonus show, but an extra show that month just to just to crank out the reviews. So thank you again. Yes, thank you, everyone. <laughs> okay, now here we go. Thank this you. is an email. An email. Greetings from a newer listener, Roberto Almanza, who has been uh, oh, on the page. Like a machine yeah. on, the, on yes. the page. So this is, and speaking of a machine, I might have to use a machine to read this email. It, it, it's SC. <laughs> <laughs> it's like SC email. Uh, uh -oh. you know. Perfect. So, okay, I'll, I'm going to do my best though. Okay. All <laughs> right. All right. That's what he said. Um, first, I'm going to blow you guys by stating that this is quickly becoming my favorite podcast. Yes, you guys take a long ass time to get to the point of the show and, <laughs> and often get derailed during it, but that's the fun of the show. Yeah. Thank you. Because tonight, right tonight now, is no exception, Roberto. Not at all. No, um, I'm a relatively new listener of the podcast, two to three months, and I've been catching up with all the episodes starting from episode one and going back and forth between new and old episodes. It's especially funny when I find the origin of the famous running jokes, i.e. bleach assholes in episode 11, <laughs> The Invitation. Nice. <laughs> I don't even remember I, must where came from. <laughs> I know. Well, now we know. Go back, listen to a show 11, and wow, that was, I'll tell you, the early days. Okay. Um, I must confess. I am a born-again horror fan. My mom introduced me to Freddy, Jason, and Pinhead at the early age of four, but I was too much of a scaredy cat as a kid and stopped watching horror movies altogether. It also did not, not help that my grandmother and every adult I met in my small town would always traumatize me with their claims of seeing ghosts, witches, and the devil himself on a daily basis. Wow. <laughs> Where does he live? What? Salem? Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Or possibly... Grimsby. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a great name. It is. I drive, I drive by a street at work all the time, and I always say that to myself. Grimsby. <laughs> it's like there's Stony Creek, and right beside it's Grimsby. And I said, either name is a cool name for like a horror film. 
Absolutely. Well, pay attention, guys. Maybe when we film our horror film, it'll be in Grimsby <laughs> or Stony Creek. It'll be cool, though. But anyway, we'll get to that when we get to it. Okay. Uh, I finally grew a pair at the age of 21 when I decided to have... Sex decided... for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I had sex for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Come on. You're not Jeremy. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> When I decided I had to face my fear of horror movies and began watching them once again. So I've been a horror fan for about six years. Needless to say, I don't have nostalgia for any film. I can look at all films from different eras with fresh eyes, and I don't live through the ups and downs of the genre. I like that. Okay. The films that scare me most are paranormal ghost films because of my background mentioned previously. I don't know why, but paranormal activity, which I have not revisited since the first watch, is the scariest film I've seen so far. Wow. Okay. Here is my top 10, which I hope will change as I catch on more horror films. Oh, it will. Cool. Nothing against your top 10, but yes, the more, the more you uh, watch, the more, you know, you branch out. But anyway, here's his top 10. Number 10, Sleepaway Camp, 1983. Ooh. Yay. Yeah. Number nine, Dead Alive, Brain Dead, nice. Yeah. Number eight, Attack the Block. Yes. Which. Okay. I'm a big. I've become a fan of it. Uh, I'm a fan the, of it too. It was funny, it's okay, of course. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Get Out, 2017. Great. Nothing wrong there. Number six, Train to Busan, 2016. Awesome. Nice. I really need to revisit that film. It's been a couple of years, and I was thinking about it the other day. I, I yeah, it's good. Gonna pull on those daddy heartstrings. You know that, right? Yeah. Yes, it does. Indeed. Yep. Okay. Number five, Terrifier, 2018. Wow. Yeah. Top tenner. Nice. I have to deep clown. Yes. And speaking of clowns, It, 2017. Wow. Cool. Nice. You watch the trailer for It too, Dave? Give me a break. Oh, no. <laughs> I actually didn't watch it either. Yeah. Really? Are I'm you very changing proud of both of you. I don't, I don't know why I haven't watched it, but I'm, I might not at this point. At this really? point, it's been out like three days, tops. <laughs> That's insane for me. But still, considering it's all over the place, you can't freaking turn your head without seeing it, you know? I, I'm just hearing everyone's loving it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll go in blind. Do it. Wow. I won't, en- I won't enjoy it since I won't be able to see going in blind. <laughs> I give the trailer a 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, Graveyard I just B. You guys off. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing, Graveyard B. You know, I just gave you a new nickname since you don't want to be called Brandon. Graveyard B. I like that. Yeah, that's, I just, it's official. Okay. Graveyard <laughs> B. All right. Number three, <laughs> Demons 1985. Oh, amazing. I'm sorry. I got to interrupt. I got my new nickname. Grinsby. Oh, <laughs> this is why he is the best. That yes. was fucking amazing. <laughs> Every time I'm thinking like we got to get rid of him, Dave. There's one of these jokes, right? I yes. do it's every show. I'm, you know, I'm kidding, man. No, it, that is awesome. That fucking rolled. <laughs> Next show, I will introduce you as Grimsby. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Okay, all right. Woo. Uh, okay. <laughs> Number two, Slither, 2006. That's a wow. wild card. Yeah. What was the one before? Because I did have some. Oh, Demons. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Demons. Yeah, uh, great, great film. Definitely. And number one. From 1982. <laughs> the <laughs> Thing. Ooh, yay. Yay. This guy rules. It's yeah. a solid you could continue, list. You could continue to listen to the show. Yes. 
Yes, indeed you can. And 1982 is a, is a big thing coming up next. And The Thing is a big thing coming up after that. So you are really going to dig the next two shows. Double um, dose. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, a couple honorable mentions. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, The Sixth Sense, Army of Darkness, Annabelle Creation. Love that pick. Friday the 13th, Part 4. Boom. Solid, I have man. no complaints with any of those films. With the exception of maybe Sleepaway Camp, because Frankie Z ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> By pointing out the most obvious flaw in the film that nobody has ever mentioned. And I'm like, great, now I hate Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> See? Chip off the old block. She notices Shit. things other people don't. She has a future in podcasting. She does. Yeah, she's... Absolutely. She yeah, I dig that. Okay. There you go. Love or hate all you want, but my current list reflects what I value most in horror movies, which is entertainment and rewatchability. I did watch most of the horror fan favorites like Halloween, TCM, Exorcist, but although great, they did not make the cut for me. Anyway, sorry for the long-ass email. I didn't mean to gag you with so much content. <laughs> gag. <laughs> I... <laughs> A familiar noise to Brandon. He's gagging on Grisby. Yes. <laughs> Grisby. I called him Grizz. <laughs> I'm a Grisby bear. <laughs> uh, I will be sure to email you again with more stories and whatnot. In the meantime, keep up the great work. Sincerely, Roberto from San Antonio, Texas. Oh, there's yes. Yeah. I'm still waiting for a top-notch giveaway before I submit my one-star review on iTunes. <laughs> you skunk. <laughs> Funny you should mention that because we are going to have a giveaway. Matter of fact... I'm going to do it right on – I'm not going to give away on the show right now. But I am going to look up our uh, iTunes at the moment and see how many ratings we have. And I don't know if we said this on the last show or not. American iTunes? We haven't talked about iTunes in a while. Okay. Well, American iTunes, we have 145 ratings. Now, yeah, fantastic. However, now we have the strive for 200. So from this moment forward, right now it's at 145. Anyone that submits a written, you know, review for us on iTunes, take a screen grab, send it to us any way you want to, email, whatever. Do your thing. Facts. Let us know you have it, right? When we hit 200, we will have a big giveaway. And anyone who knows, ask the guy that got the the giveaway for uh, 100 stars and you know, how much he got. Cause, and we do have stuff laying around here. So not to forget the patrons. They're getting stuff too, and I'm a little behind on that, so I'm going to – Probably give something away as soon as we get off here tonight. Either way. How many, so how many get... reviews does uh, 22 Shots have? Mm, I don't know. Actually, let's see. because uh, they, got, they actually have more in Canada than we do. I'll give them that, well, man. They've got, they lot of, they've got a lot of uh, followers in Canada. As well, they should. They got, they got, they got the better Canadians. So the, oh, yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what am I going to do? I love moods, too. Me, too. Oh, they got 77, so we're doubling them. Wow. Yeah. So but, stuff that in your but, patron. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Exactly. I only bring it up because of Jeremy and the patron war, which I think it's done now. He hasn't yeah. mentioned it in a while. Has he? No, he's too busy selling T-shirts, which we got to get on now. <laughs> they he's bought hard. a lot of T-shirts. They bought yeah. like 1,200 T-shirts. And they should buy T-shirts. Good. Uh, I'm glad they should. Maybe some people want our shirts. Guys, clean. Yeah, he bought a lot. Uh... Well, hey, they, they, they sold 100. So that's a start. Hopefully they um, can make up for the other 1,100. We'll see. But either way, <laughs> we don't want them to get stuck. We love them. Where the hell were we? Emails? Emails. Yeah, well, okay. we're thanking Roberto again. And yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Thank you get you a 22-shot so. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and a 4K TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just contact JP. He'll yeah. send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I killed me. <laughs> you kill me too. Okay, here is an email, but it's going to be turned into a voicemail. And I'm going to read it all on the show because anything anybody says sends us, I read. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. Unless it's like, you know, Dave, come over here and, you know, you know, if it's real private, that's different. But this isn't real private. Okay, this is from our homie Eric Webster. And it's labeled Telly Savalas. Okay. Uh. Hey, gents, I don't think you need to play this on the show. But I wanted to share with you. Sorry, that's the rules, man. I started, I haven't read this email nor listened to the voicemail attached, I promise you. So this is my first time. I just saw that first sentence and said, okay, I'm reading it when we record. So (laughs) I shit you not. So, yep. I started shaving my head in the early 2000s and started doing it full time in 2006. Not as bad as Grimsby shaving his whole body, but that's okay. (laughs) Lasering it. The old lightsaber to it, the nuts. Right. Yes. Revenge of the Sixth. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I recorded a theme song for myself in celebration. Oh, boy. One of the lyrics references Telly Savalas. And I started laughing to myself when I was listening to your Bob episode because I think it's the very first time someone has had a reason to mention him since I recorded this. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it made me remember this, so now you get to hear it. Enjoy. Well, and not just I get to hear it. Awesome. Play it. Yo, what's up, y'all? You know, believe it or not, I haven't always been quite as damn sexy as I am right now. So I'm going to tell you the story of exactly how it came to be. Here we go. I used to have long hair. I thought it was the best. I used to wash it, condition it, dry it, style it. It was almost like a pet. Then one day I started to notice my hairline getting higher. Days of my long hair were coming to an end. My predicament was dire. I didn't know what to do. So I called Talisa Ballas. Figured maybe he'd have some words of wisdom to give me some solace. He said, going bald ain't no big thing. Just shit. Sorry. Oh, no. That's okay. Once you feel the joy of fresh new head, don't forget it was ever there. So I took Tally's advice. Made me feel like stepping out. And now these days, wherever I go, all the ladies scream and shout. Sexy ball man's in the house. Sexy ball man's in the house. Sexy ball man's in the house. So I decided to take a vacation, got on a plane headed for Hawaii. About halfway there, the plane went down. I thought I was gonna die. Ended up on a desert island in the middle of the Pacific. All by myself, no food inside. The situation was horrific. Then a stroke of luck occurred. Rescue plane flew overhead. They would have passed right by, but they saw the light shining off my head. I do enjoy the ladies, they truly do amazing. 
confuse me. There is one aspect of the situation that does confuse me. There's a bit of mystery of how this came to pass. I can't be sure if it's my sexy head or my sweet, sweet ass. Sexy ball man's in the house. 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 Holy fuck. You can touch it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That, uh, I have so much to say here. A, that kind of was cool moji esque. Yes, thank you. It sounded like cool moji. Second of all, E, W, and Ice Cappuccino have got a tour together. (laughs) You can open for me. (laughs) <laughs> that's an opening act no question about it and third i said a couple of shows ago he was the only one on uh, dark discussions with any sense i take that back now i think i have to give it to philip <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome i'm kidding i'm joking oh. that was awesome bravo yeah that was bravo perfect. oh i can't believe you wanted to keep that between us i use i yeah. want wow i'm so glad i played that my oh. god Oh, did we just oust his like? <laughs> <laughs> Telly Savalas. Nice. Do you think he like just listens to that on his Walkman when he walks down the street? To, like, I w- I would be listening to it. I definitely would when I was like walking my dog or something. Yeah. You know. Eric, you know. That was awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Do some more. Do some. Do do a song about us next. <laughs> You're three sexy motherfuckers. There you go. Yeah, you can do that. Right on. All right. So that's going to be remembered for a long time, that one. Now we have a message sent to us from our homie, BC. It's been a little while. And BC. What's up, boys? Dave, Christian, Brandon. Oh, Brandon, I forgot you were here. (laughs) I'm kidding you, Jew bastard. Anyway, just saying hi, guys, and thank you for the shout out in episode number 79, where I guess there's a Dr. Carlina Casanelli played by David Rashawn. What? This would make like the second movie that I've ever heard of where there's a Casanelli mentioned. The first one being, um, guess what? When Worlds Collide. They actually had a part where they're naming everybody to come onto the spaceship and leave. And they say, blah, 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 and Casanelli. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, boys, great to see you back. Fuck, I love you all. Great to see you. Hey, another shout out to Jason Smith and the guys from In the Mic of Madness. Right on. And Lady Rebecca. Love you too. Anyway, just saying hi, guys. Great to see this fucking podcast back. We love you, and we couldn't do a thing without you. <laughs> show, boys. Love you. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, nice. man. Oh, man. You could tell he's itching the podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's happened? Why, why the hiatus? Because too many other shows are happening? I don't know. I think they're going bi-weekly. I think... I honestly like I Brandon. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I tried, I tried that in college. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, thank you, BC. It's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's been here. he's been full hog, full hog again. <laughs> full hog. I guy. love that Nikki, scene. Nikki Nine Doors over here, full hogging it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get him on. We got to get BC on here one of these times. Yeah. You know, long overdue. 
Yes. I, I think we, we mentioned in one of the old episodes, like the beginning, in the mm-hmm. beginning, we mentioned that we were going to review his movies with him on the show. <laughs> Oh, they ended up doing that on uh, Horror Mafia, his show. Yeah, so but the, the, and that's why exactly. they broke up. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning. Yes, that, that, was, that was the first chink in the crack. Or, Joey, <laughs> <laughs> you racist motherfucker! Yeah, <laughs> crack in the armor, whatever. Chink, chink in the, the armor, armor, whatever the. <laughs> chink in the crack. Yeah, that sounded extremely. Uh... <laughs> it's not as bad as when when C said um, tongue in chink last year. Remember? Tongue in chink. Now you're going to the crack. <laughs> uh, we we really do crack our souls up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to that one guy that didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Anyway, thanks, Whew, BC thanks. man. Awesome. Okay, uh, what else we got to talk about? Show eighty two is next and now comes the time we have to uh this is something that we're so happy that christine picked this but she decided to uh on the patreon to pick a year in horror for us to review where you know uh 10 movies are picked and we do little reviews little triple r's for the shows of a certain year she picked the year 1982 and then proceeded to initially pick eight movies and to pick the other two but one of those movies was The Thing. So I got back to her and said, well, we are going to be doing The Thing um, anyway in the Apocalypse Trilogy, and it, the, the show after the show after that, so maybe you might want to choose something else. So she did. No, no, so she didn't. And she says, why don't you guys each pick a movie? So we are going to announce the movies that she picked. So now you guys, if you guys want to partake, you better watch these movies. And if not, well, listen without it. It's okay. The fun part is that we're going to each pick one, and that, that should be something. But anyway, the 82 show, these are the movies that Christine has picked. Number one, The Aftermath. The Aftermath, number one. Death Scream, as we were talking about earlier. I don't know if that was uh, pregame or on the show, but Death Scream. Poltergeist, Tenebrae, Basket Case, Blood Song, and Alone in the Grimsby. I mean, Alone in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I'll say it again: the aftermath, death, scream, poltergeist, tenebrae, basket case, blood song, alone in the dark. Watch those movies if you want to, and listen to us next show. And we are also going to review a triple R for uh, Colobos or Colobos, or however it's pronounced. Because way back when uh, Dave Parker picked that for us, and we were unable to do it because it wasn't released yet. Now it's out, so we're going to throw that in there as well. Awesome. And yeah, man. And now is the time. 1982 horror movies. Who wants to pick their movie first? Let's let Brandon go. What? Mr. Hiatus. <laughs> oh, you don't have one ready? I thought you had one ready. Now, here's the good thing. It's okay. She was smart enough to not pick anything, you know, that we already did, like Halloween 3 or, or Friday 3 or Creep Show or anything like that, which is great. You know, she's a, a listener of the show. She knows that we've tackled them already, so she thought outside the box on a couple, and that's great. There are a lot of movies in 1982. So We also did this year on uh, uh, 22 Shots. Correct. As we well. did. So, so we're very familiar. Yes. She I must got, not listen to them. I got one <laughs> to pick. Don't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, boys. <laughs> okay, B, what do you got? Or, or Grimm's B? I'm going to go with one that I saw for the first time when doing the 82 show, and I thought it was Really good oh, and really underrated, and that is 
I'm looking at two right here. I know. I think I know. What uh, it is. I'm gonna go with the Incubus. That's not what I thought, but cool. Good pick. Okay, cool. It was yeah. It was between wow. that and the Sender. Oh, return to Sender. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. So the Incubus. See what about you? Well, I uh, I had the Sender as my option, so there you go, Pete. So you're gonna get get to watch it anyway. Fantastic. <laughs> so perfect. <Wow. laughs> can, can either of you guess? You could probably both guess what I'm going to pick. Creep show. I'm going now, with the entity. It can't be creep show, dumbass. We did creep show. We did a full review. No, it's not the entity. <laughs> I'm a dumb I man. thought I thought it would be obvious. What do I love from 1982 that we never discussed on this show? Amityville 2. Thank you. Yes, of course. How, how, yeah. I got to take a chance. When else are we going to talk about it? We're never going to do that trilogy. We're never going to do the freaking franchise. So. Yes, any excuse to watch Amityville 2, I'm going to take it, and, I'm gonna, and we're going to talk about it. So I'm down. So there you go. So the seven we mentioned, The Sender, Amityville 2, and what's your movie, Grimsby? Incub- Incubus. <laughs> Incubus. I hope these are going to be easy to find, Sender and Incubus. That's, if for whatever point. reason, it's, if it's not easy to find, we'll, we'll have a backup. Yeah, we'll, we'll update it. I know Incubus is available. I mean, I have the it was Blu-ray, on, so it, sh- it should be pretty easy to find. It was on Amazon when I watched it last year. Oh, cool. All right, then. There it you go. It was definitely so. on Amazon. The Sender, I don't remember. I think it was on YouTube, actually, but we'll, yeah. we'll check. We'll check. Yeah. I didn't actually check Sender? that. I just went by movie title. <laughs> is that movie about the mail at all or no? <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it's about. And it's fi- it stars Elvis. I don't uh, I Who knew? <laughs> it's a sequel to You've Got Mail. <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, the teaser hit our site, Undead Mail. I'm going to roll with this. Do it right yeah, now. That was Undead just the teaser. Mail. Well, I'm not going oh. to actually do it as a segment on the show. It's going to be a video segment for our Facebook page. Oh, just I'm going to record a video. Yeah. Okay. Undead Mail coming soon to a Facebook page near you. And another reason to join the Facebook group page, Exploding Heads. Get on it. Episode 82 is next. It's time to start thinking about episode 100. I'm putting you guys on the spot. Uh, I'm putting the listeners on the spot. I'm putting me on the spot. We don't know what the hell we're going to do for episode 100. But I don't know. If anybody has ideas, let us know. Or if these guys have ideas, talk about it now. I don't know, but time is ticking. It's going to happen. We're going to be down. Our pants are going to be down. We're not going to know what's going on. They're going to be down for the show? Nice. Uh, What I meant to say. Top 100 inches. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at the bottom. I could give you. I could give you five and a half. <laughs> we don't want to get caught with our pants down. Is what I wanted to say. So <laughs> there you go. Don't let anybody suggest we do one hundred movies because we did a fifty movie show and that took eight hours. So sorry, we can't have a sixteen hour podcast. So I don't know. Good. If you guys have any ideas, I don't know. But it, it, it's approaching. We're gonna have to start thinking about what we're gonna do. Solo casts. <laughs> Never again. Solo cast, yeah, yeah, that's nice. That'll, that'll I do. could do a hundred movies by myself in about thirty minutes. <laughs> you could, that's true. <laughs> yes, don't if, breathe. If I, if I just speed it up a little bit more, he's had more <laughs> nicknames than anybody on the show. This guy with no nickname. I'm afraid to call myself Brandon. We had Brandon, don't breathe. <laughs> Asshole lips, skunk. Like there's so many. Asshole <laughs> lips, chink in the crack. <laughs> there's more tonight than ever before. Tongue and chink. Chinko de Mayo. <laughs> there you go. Okay, may the fourth that's, be with you. That's what they Chinko call it. Chinko de Mayo, Revenge of the Sixth. There that's, you what go. They call, that's what they call May 5th in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. 
<laughs> Good lord. We just lost our Asian listenership. We just lost a bunch of listeners. Oh, they do not uh, love us long time. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, sons of bitches. Okay. Are we ready for triple hours? Should we jump right into it? Or should we, <laughs> should we jump right into it? 45 hour, minutes later, 40 should we minutes jump right into it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. Okay, let's talk about it. I really, really want to do this one now because the way uh, C has been talking about this one, I'm really curious. Oh, so, ah, okay. I know what Tony's talking about. You want, to, want me to just introduce it? Do it, man. Rock and roll. All right. I'm assuming you're talking about 1989's Clown House. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> just before Halloween, three young brothers alone in a big house are menaced by three escaped mental patients who have murdered some traveling circlet, circlets. Circus Clowns, and Taking Their Identities. This one's written and directed by everybody's good friend and friend to all children, Victor Salva. <laughs> Victor Salva, <Yeah>. baby. Because <laughs> he was uh, Salva, baby. Oh, we shouldn't joke about it in this movie. This is the one movie you shouldn't joke about it in. Not yeah, only that, really... watching this movie yeah, that... this time around, it's so obvious that this this man has a you know a thing for young boys. I mean, just from the very opening of the film, these kids walking around in their underwear. You can't separate it. It's, you can't you separate can't, it. You can't. It's there, and it's it's obvious. It's weird without it, and then now knowing about what's happened, it it it, it does make it very difficult to watch. And yeah. not only that, I'll, I'll 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 try to be fair on the movie too. The movie itself sucks. It's very one note, and the acting is horrendous. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the acting is not great in this. You do get a young, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam, a, young, a young Sam Rockwell, who just won the Oscar last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. He played the older brother, Randy. Kudos so. to him, man. I like him. I like him, but you would never know <laughs> that was going to come from no, this. No, but you, but you could tell like there was there was some talent there. You could tell, like, okay, this kid stands out a little bit more than, than the other cast members. At least I thought. Especially with his pants down. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to the acting, here's what I was wondering. In the in the first like 10, 15 minutes, I was saying to myself, is this weird acting or are they dubbed? Because it seemed a little off. It almost reminded me of uh, Troll 2 or something, but but dubbed. It seemed like something was off. There's bad ADR. Just... I think they are they are dubbed. Okay. Well there there you have it. So they are just dubbed, it's just done poorly. Yeah, they they that was uh, that was the last thing. In fact, they they were talking with um, Casey's well, character, who was the one who was molested by Victor Salva, that they weren't even sure if he was around to do the dubbing for for his part. Really? Was yeah, it because was... location sound was so bad? Sorry for cutting you off, Brandon. Like, because there did seem to be things where you could tell their mouths were moving as they're walking away from the camera, but they they did the ADR, which is the recording after the fact. But they did it for yeah. the whole movie. I think the whole movie, they said something about the cameras being very noisy. Uh, well, wow. that, that does yeah. happen. I mean, yeah. but not usually in a professional film. That's the funny part of it, or not so funny part of it. That, that even a low-budget film usually doesn't run into that problem. Yeah, and this usually. was recorded with Francis Ford Coppola's uh, gave him the camera. This was recorded at Coppola's home, and they, he gave him the camera that I think George Lucas used for American Graffiti, I think it was, and... Uh, but I read that they had to do a lot of dubbing after uh, after the film was done. Well, there, there you go, the Dave, because that makes sense. But on top of it, the dialogue was brutal, too. And I think that leads to the bad acting uh, aspect of it as well. Like, there's some just horrendous lines. I, I agree with that. I, 
Oh, I will say, Mr. Hollywood over there. Hello. What, you want to get that? <laughs> the one thing I forgot to do, I always remove the phone from the room. Damn it! Shut oh, up! I want to hear that. Well, that's got to be good. That's, hold on. What, is, what are they going to say? No, I'm sorry. Your subscription <laughs> to Pornhub. Has... <laughs> Call back later. Call back later. Oh, uh, awesome. I was going to say, the atmosphere, though, is really, really well done. Okay. I agree. I, it's I well really... done if a smoke machine blowing smoke in every scene is atmosphere, then sure. Well, I feel like that, that opening scene captured it well with the smoke because it was a nightmare scene. But after that, I just I really felt a sense of dread. And they talk about this film feeling claustrophobic where I felt like it was the opposite. I felt like it was very open given the size of the house, given, uh, you know, all the outdoor chase scenes. And I, I was more scared of that because, I you know, as a kid what scares what scared me more was the idea of being like out in the open and being chased it, it, it reminds me of like when you sleep as a kid you always keep your arms on the bed you're, you're covered up to your neck whereas now i sleep with like my arms hanging off the bed because i don't care but you know you're scared of like what's just outside your bed this movie got was made in 89 did, did it get a theatrical release or did it go like right to like hbo or something because i remember watching this i caught the last 20 minutes or, or half hour i guess it must have been 20 minutes because it was all chasing and really that's the only part that's like kind of actiony in this movie um and i remember thinking well this is kind of terrifying back in the day so it would have been like 89 90 i would assume but um i did not feel it was remotely scary at all this view at all this is and a very time. one note very one note for me this is my first time seeing it. I thought the, the, the clowns in the background were creepy. I, I'm not over the moon, you know, but but I'll say this. I think that had there not been a controversy and this movie would have been, like, played on the regular on HBO or, or you know, cable back in, 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 like, 1990 or something like that, I think this movie would have had a, a much bigger following. I think kids would have watched this movie and been scared. I, I, I really think that well, this would have been, like, a... What's that movie? Uh, that uh, everyone likes. <laughs> monster Squad, like a Monster Squad, where people have like nostalgia for it, and they enjoyed it when they were kids. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Think, I, mean, I don't think people knew about the controversy at the time. I think the controversy came out when he when he suddenly was able to direct Powder, and he was having more mainstream things, and then it, it, the the controversy followed him. Jeepers Creepers, the controversy. But at this point, I don't think. Yeah, behind the scenes it was happening, but I don't know how well known it was in the industry. I can't speak of that because at the time I didn't know. I admit I only saw the climax of the movie and I thought it was creepy. But now the controversy did come out in in the late eighties, like literally right after uh, okay. production was done. So this film sort of kind of fell chill. into obscurity. Yeah, it, it got released yeah. in ninety on VHS and Laserdisc. It must have been filmed in like. 87 or 88 because in 88 it says um victor salva was convicted of sexual abuse see there you go so maybe i don't know how it works but 89 either way i honestly do think that if this would have made the because i don't remember seeing this on hbo or cable remember i was freaking i was in you know 11th grade or something at the time i would i was balls deep into horror i would have known about this movie if it was if it was somewhere anything with a clown back then especially because there weren't really any clown movies this is before it what the hell was there before this moments killer clowns made before this uh 88 i, I think 88 okay so. either way but I yeah, mean, yeah but it, i i did see this on vacation because i remember my parents were going to sleep and i turned it on and it was like just at a motel that probably had hbo and I, I popped it on because that's where i saw it and it was just that climax of the kids getting chased 
and I thought it was kind of creepy there, but I never went back. I, I must have gone back to, to check it out. I feel like I saw the beginning part of uh, uh, the setup before, but it's been a long time. And then watching it now, it is cre- it is weird because it's really just so brutally done from in well, the sense yeah. of like knowing about the controversy too. I, I stopped. After like 10 minutes, I just decided to not think about it anymore and to take it for what it was and, and then how. But at first, yes, because r- right off the bat, you de- do see a, a kid in his shirt, uh, uh, pardon me, without a shirt and a kid in his underwear. So obviously, how could you not think it, especially knowing what happened? But then it seemed to go away. Here's what I found odd. Later on, there's a scene. There's three brothers in the same bathroom. One's in the bathtub, one's taking a shit, and one's like in the doorway. How the hell would that ever happen? Would you ever be in a bathtub with your sibling taking a shit? No, well that, but no, and all joking aside, that's, I, I, and again, not from the controversy side of things, these are the, the, the decisions made that I, I question as like, it just doesn't seem professional. Nothing about this movie seems professional. Now I, I, I learned about the ADR situation like it, what were they going for here it, it, it seems to be very amateurish and i'm not going to say it's totally tension free but i was waiting for that climax thinking it was going to deliver then and i thought the setup was fairly long and, and kind of dull then i thought it was very one note with the, the crazies taking over the identities of the clowns and then suddenly <laughs> they just target these kids and that was the uh and then, that, and then you're in the climax, and I didn't think it was all that tension-filled. Yeah, I, I mean, the movie could have done with what I feel would have been better with a few more kills, maybe show a little bit more gore, sure. uh, may, maybe even a little backstory on the escape mental patients. How they, about the Evan, reason? How about the reason they escaped? They, 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 they escaped because they were denied their circus privileges. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that on the radio? So yeah. they got so mad they weren't allowed to go to the circus. They just decided to escape and attack the clowns and take their freaking gear and go on a rampage. That's, that's a so sequel simple. to Attack the Block, Attack the Clowns. <laughs> and oh, you notice God. how they were almost better than the real clowns at doing their own makeup. Yeah, you're right. They were right on point. You're right. Chizo's makeup, though, was awesome. I thought he was a genuinely creepy clown. They looked good, but it's hard to tell. And that's why I'm kind of giving this movie a pass. And my rating might be a little bit higher than maybe it should be because I'm giving it a little bit of a pass because you can only see it on YouTube and the quality isn't, isn't, really isn't that good. So I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that if, it ha- if you could actually see what was going on and it wasn't as dark in the third act with all the creepy stuff going on with the background with the clowns and everything else, it may have added to that. So I'm, you know, I'm not... I'm giving it a little bit for that because I think maybe it would have been better. And I, again, I think if kids would have saw this at the time, this would be something that they would look back on and say, yeah, oh, that was scary. Because at the time it was focused on kids. And I'm talking, you know, the oldest kid is like, what, a senior in high school or so, whatever it is. You got three young boys, three teenagers and younger. You don't see a lot of horror movies like that. And when you do, they're looked back upon fondly. Think about all the movies from the 80s when, when the central characters are children. Yeah, we people usually like them. You know, you got Monster Squad, like I said, you get Silver Bullet, making contact, making contact. I don't know what that is. Was that that another Victor Salvo film? No, that was a Ronald Emmerich film. It's also called Joey. It just is like a ripoff of. uh, There's a lot of failed ones too that that played off of what was happening mainstream that that um, were, were were pretty bad movies too, in the latter part of the '80s. Yes, this is true. 
But for some reason, I could just see this film being, it, it was original. It, it was the first time you saw clowns terrorizing kids. Uh, for that reason alone, I could see kids catching this on cable. Yeah. And that's sticking with them and talking to their friends about, it. oh, yeah, did you see that movie about the, about the kids, you know, the kids being chased by clowns? And if it would have made the rounds like other movies had at the time, like I said, I think it would, unfortunately, well, I, what happened? I did see it. I did see it, and I did I, I did think it was scary, and I, I didn't, I lost, because I, I guess it was back in the day, I didn't know what the title was or whatever it was, and it was years later that I found out what the title was, but, so then I was really looking forward to that climax again, but. So was, so was Victor. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Walk whack. Oh, ouch. Yeah. No, I like the relationship of the brothers. I thought that was, even yeah. though I agree totally with you, see that the dialogue is cringy, but that's not their fault. They're they're delivering what's written on the page, and but I I like the the genuine feel of, and the, and their relationship. You know, they're constant bickering, they're fighting. You know, this one's threatening to kick the shit out of this one, then then all of a sudden he's doing something nice when he's holding Casey's hand because Casey's terrified. It's like I genuinely believe that these three were brothers and. I think that was like the saving point of the film because their relationship was strong and I genuinely wanted to see all of them prevail. And I'm not even sure if we saw that because they kind of kind of leave you in the dark at the end. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> it was dark too. But I do like the relationship. I like the oldest brother, how he kept busting the freaking, the other kid's balls. But then when the time came, he wasn't going to let anybody else pick on him. And that's exactly. Him. You exactly. know what I mean? He's like, yeah. Exactly. He stood up for Casey when the tank is. Oh, wait a minute! What are you doing? You know, don't be my brother alone. You know what I mean? So a little bit. I like that. That that dynamic was cool, and the way and it's a little bit odd considering who the filmmaker is that they were busting each other's balls for like being gay, which is something you, of course, at the time that's what it was, and that's the way people talked. Oh, you, you know, to win a, a, a you know a slur. But I mean, at the time, that's what it was in 1989, and that's just out of the way saying you know you're. You're weak. Whatever the hell it is, just the way kids talk. But this guy, you know, had had dialogue like that in a movie, almost like, you know, it's just kind of odd considering what was going on with him and, you know, what's, you know, under the under the scenes here in this particular film. Yeah. But, you know, but I mean, uh, once I got past that, I was OK. I liked some of the shots. I I, I don't know. I, I got over it. The first 20 minutes, it seemed like the dubbing was bad and everything else, but it seemed either maybe I got used to it or something, it just so happened to improve. I don't know, but it didn't seem that way as the movie progressed to me. And I just kind of got used to the the actors, what was going on my screen, and, and I fell right into it. And, you know, I don't know, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And I just stopped thinking about the controversy, and I thought there was an awful lot of cobwebs in that house. Holy shit. <laughs> You would think it was a haunted house, like a get-up, you know? Like if you actually go to a haunted house around Halloween when you see all the cobwebs. How could a house have that many cobwebs in it that people live in it? I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> that was a big house with high ceilings. How the hell are you going to get up there and clean it? <laughs> yeah. How about all that worry about popcorn? Everything was about that damn popcorn. They finally <laughs> got the popcorn. One kid had a big bowl in his lap and nobody else ate the popcorn. Well, he said he wasn't going to share because Jeffrey scared the crap out of him, remember? Oh. He was being a dick, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was being a dick. He's like, you're not now. You're not getting any popcorn, so he wasn't sharing with with Jeffrey or Casey because they were both laughing when they scared the crap out of him. Oh, thank you. Okay, see, I, I somehow I missed that part of the yeah. Dog. So he sits down and he's eating the popcorn. He's drinking his soda, and they're just like looking at him. 
I'll tell you what's funny. All of a sudden, the, the, the oldest brother has clown garb on. He just oh, I, wrote, yeah, I, even wrote, wrote, I even wrote that. He's, he, <laughs> he goes to fix the fuse box. Next thing you know, he's dressed like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. He just happened to have all a clown suit in his attic, a nose, everything right there just to do it. <laughs> See, but that was cool about this film. The kid being afraid of clowns in the beginning and going to the circus, of course, the, he happens to win a doll that was a clown. Of course, the clown happens to approach him when he's in the audience. Everything, it, it all just ties in. You know, he's afraid of clowns, and then nobody believes him. It's typical stuff. I like that part. I, I like the fact that that happens. Oh, there's a clown coming. I get out of here. Just, you know what I mean? Of course yeah. it's a clown. Freaking, that's what you're afraid of to begin with. And it turns out that it actually happens. I like in horror movies... When that happens, where it's a you know a boy crying wolf, and you know what I mean, and then it comes to pass, and then other people pay the price for not listening to him. Not that I wanted to see it happen, in a manner of speaking, like you know that there was something wrong with his brothers, but still, I don't know. The scariest part of the film for me was the fortune teller. She freaked me out. Yeah, she was weird. I thought that was Victor Silva in like drag. Yeah, that's what I thought <laughs> I at thought first. I was, I was like, is this a dude in drag? It <laughs> wasn't. I was just. Yeah, we all thought that. I really did. Like, not yes. to be mean, I just re- like, oh, I was so like, I, yeah. like, this is a handsome woman. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the movie's an hour and 20 minutes, and really, it's the last 20 minutes. They they build to it, like, as you mentioned, Dave, about his fear of clowns and everything like that, but it's still very amateurish, kind of forced. Uh, and in the last 20 minutes, I guess there's some a little bit of tension and some scares, but. Um, I think the unfortunately the amateurish nature uh, ruined my enjoyment of the film. You know what though? With t- today, when you see any type of film with a clown coming out, with the exception obviously now of Terrifier and Art the Clown breaking out as a big hit, they're almost like joke films. It, it's almost like except for Clown, there was that Clown movie that came out a couple of years yeah, ago. Clown, yeah, the, Clown. Now we've got good. it two chapters, and we've got Terrifier. Like there's been some good ones, but with all the yeah. good ones, you get a plethora of Bullshit. Yeah, Clountergeist and Clountergeist like and, and and fucking uh, Derek B just sent me a link. God, I hope he gives it to Horror Mafia to review for uh, Clownado. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> please! I don't want to see anything with NATO in the title. Or Except clown. for Mark. Well, <laughs> yeah, if Mark NATO makes a film, yes, okay. <laughs> but this film would benefit from like a you know an update. Too bad that'll never happen, but yeah. I mean, no, but I, it, it doesn't even have to be, you know, a remake of Clown House. Just somebody take the idea of, you know, working with a group of brothers or a group of siblings that are left alone for, for the night. They go to the circus and, you know, they're terrorized by clowns. I would just... Why not? But do it right. There's a lot of low-budget clown movies now, like you said, and a lot of them just aren't. Yeah, but this one, I think, knocks it out of the park with the atmosphere. I really genuinely was creeped out by this atmosphere. There were some instances. And I, could, and I could tell if I had seen this when it came out, when I was nine, ten years old, I would have definitely been terrified of this film. No you doubt about, about it. most horror films, I think. I really think you can, for that matter. Yeah, but I, like, I don't know why. Like The things like, I remember scaring me as a kid were really well captured in this film. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That, that's, what I'll, that's what I'll say. And like you said, the last twenty minutes are great. The whole the whole chase through the house, you know, the way they 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 attack the clowns, the way they attack the block and the clowns. <laughs> I do like. I thought I thought there was some. I don't know if it was intentionally put in there. Some comedic moments, like Jeffrey 
all concerned with the lamp that Casey uses to smash all the clients. Like, that was mom's favorite! You know, but <laughs> yeah, there were a few little running gags in there. Yeah, yeah, no, that stuff was good. And again, I like the background. There was, there was a, a flash with the clown in the background, a lightning flash. Oh, a couple, yeah. Right? That was, was couple terrific push. when yeah. he's up in the attic and uh, who was that? That's Bippo or Dippo. <laughs> One of them guys. I didn't know they had names. Chizo, Bippo, and Dippo. Are you serious? Yeah, Chizo was the main one, and then Bippo and Dippo were the others. Well, one of those could be your new name on the show. Take your <laughs> I want to be Grinsby. <laughs> that too. All right. <laughs> Welcome. By the end of the show, we'll have another dozen names for you besides Brandon. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think it would have been really cool if the brother was, in fact, hanging in that one scene. That would have that would have brought out the movie a full point, I think. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would well, have been great. Yeah, they they you know what if they were gonna do that they should have committed to that because it's almost like they didn't know what they wanted to do with with the older brother's character at the end. You didn't know if he was alive or not, but it was sort of like a sort of like cheating the audience out of anything kind of uh, truly terrifying by just having them find his body right outside the door that he was pulled through. Yeah, like, really? th- like those clowns were brutal. Like when they were killing earlier in the film, they were literally twisting heads all the way around. See, there you go, buddy. That, that's something else about this film. There's kids. It, it, it's kind of aimed at kids, you would think, because the way the way things are going, and you actually see kills with a little bit of, of gore. That's what I'm saying. You usually don't see that. They don't have kills like that in the Monster Squad. Oh, that was, no. that was all done in shadow. It was. That's why they could have used a few more. They could have used, like, an, another uh, group, you know, a group of... Uh, teenagers up making out at the point or something well, but he wasn't interested in that that's fine i i can i i don't even have a problem with the no gore i, I obviously maybe would have elevated my enjoyment of it but i don't have a problem with the fact that it was not gory I, I, like i said i i'm just gonna be a broken record mine was and it's not even the the the, the charges and everything laid against him it, it's the actual movie itself i just found it just it, it was. I found it kind of dragged for an hour and eight, uh, 20 minute and i i didn't get the atmosphere I, like i said it was a lot of smoke. Twenty minutes. I'll give it. I'll give it a little bit of a pass for the end, but overall, not not enjoyable. Yeah. Well, the home invasion stuff was good because it was it was safe for a short time. I like that. I don't like a whole movie of home invasion. I like the third act and and the way it, you know the way it, it played out. It was like Alone in the Dark. There you go, Alone in the Dark. And the home invasion is the uh, the final act, pretty much. That's but- true. But not enough uh, character development in terms of these mental patients. That's true. That would have been none. Not but, enough. But there's he, none. There's absolutely nothing. That's what nothing. I said. That's what I just said. Yeah, there's none. <laughs> there was more character development with the clowns before they got killed. You know, when they were sitting yeah. there having conversations with them, you learn a little bit about the one. He was drunk and, and this and that, you know. And all this because the kid wouldn't volunteer. If he would have volunteered and gone, gone with the clown, who knows what happens here. I guess I guess you can blame him. Casey. <laughs> Casey Jones, you better watch your speed, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I noticed that at the end of the movie, a, a a clown gets bumped off the friggin' the ledge of the house or something, and he does that flip. Did you did you notice the way he did it? it, it there's a wrestling move called the Swanton Bomb, and that's totally what this freaking clown did. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, man. And I know some people listening know what I'm talking about, but yeah. What about Officer Friendly? That's one last thing I gotta bring up. Officer Friendly. What not is so this freaking? Not- not so friendly. <laughs> what, is, what is this, Mr. Rogers? Why, why was it played out that way, Officer Friendly? Why wouldn't you just call the cops? Why do you got to ask to speak to Officer Friendly? I, I the cops didn't believe The cops friendly. didn't even believe him. I know. They, no, they called. The, the one brother told the other, call here and ask for Officer Friendly. 
And they did. Oh. <laughs> and that's that's what they said. I don't know if that was really his name or a moniker or what the hell the deal was. But why, you know, it's a life and death situation. Just just call the cops. I don't care if it's, you know, what the cop it is. It could be freaking anybody. Just come help me. You know, officer friendly. I don't know. I just thought oh. it was yeah, ridiculous. It was, yeah, who was? Yeah, freaking Mr. Rogers or some shit. Hey, hey, officer Friendly is going to come visit us today, boys. <laughs> Mr. McFeely, Grimsby, Mr. and Officer McFeely. Victor, Victor Salva was actually an extra in this. <laughs> Mr. McFeely, Mr. Badfeely. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and Christian has had enough of talking about this movie. Oh, so uh, Christian... yeah, I'm looking at the time. We're an hour and 10 in. We have to do, do three full movies. 5.25. 5.25. Okay, well. I'm a, I'm I'm at a six point five, and I'm at a six. I, I I guess I'm a little I'm surprised Christian came in so. I, oh, I, I wasn't going like... to fail the movie necessarily because the ending, which is what you're there for, had some good moments. But I'm just saying it, it's so amateurish. Like I can't I can't give it any higher than that. I I actually thought you were going to come in well below it though. Okay, I really did, but maybe, uh, I'm maybe, surprised. Okay. I, like I said, I feel like this film just had so much potential. And it just it misses the mark. And of course, I mean, I'm not grading it because of the controversy, but it's really hard to to not see it in there and not uh, think about it when watching the film, especially in the opening 10, 15 maybe, yeah, maybe it should be lower. But no, I, I, I will. I watched it, but I was just like I was just like going like once I got through that beginning part, like I said, I, I was kind of like David, I got to let it go because, you know, we're here to try to judge just the movie. Right. Yeah. What so, can you do? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, then it, that's what I let it go, and then I'm like, "Holy shit, there's nothing happening here." Yeah, it was <laughs> anyway. a little slow, but yeah. I bumped it up a little bit. I gave it the extra point five because I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt because of the copy I saw, thinking that if it was a little clearer, especially in the third act with it being in the dark, it might have been a little more effective. Which so. copy was that, Officer Friendly? <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> wow. Okay. Ooh. Let's move on. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Chris. That was from Chris T. So, Chris. Christy, Christy who? Chris no. T, you son of a bitch. Chris, please give us Chris your rating. P? Chris P or Chris T? Chris Taylor T. Oh, how about Chris P. Bacon? Oh, my God. He knew, he knew he was setting you up for that fucking bullshit <laughs> I joke. I saw a news story once where that was the name of a pig in one of, like, the like a petting zoo. His name was Christy Bacon. <laughs> nice. I want Chris T's review, or at least rating, of what he thought of Clown House. Yeah, I'm assuming he's high on it because he recommended it to us, but maybe not. Maybe he was just trying to see if we're going to go all with pedophile jokes for the whole review, which is it's such not a to. shame. It's such a shame too because because Victor Salva did make some good films. He he had potential, and you know, obviously he's just a you know scumbag piece of shit, but. Uh, you know, it's one of those things you can't you can't overlook. Oh, Jeepers Creepers is a great film. I yeah, thoroughly yeah, enjoyed I, the first yeah, one. Yeah, and I I almost you almost feel guilty enjoying these films. Powder was a good film. Never saw it, but but it's you know it's one of the worst crimes. So it's yeah yeah of course. But anyway, let's 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 move on. We got one more triple R. Yeah, we let's get do out it. of this movie. All right, let's do it. 1981's Just Before Dawn, directed by Jeff Lieberman. Five campers arrive in the mountains. To examine some property they have bought. I didn't know they had bought it. I thought the guy inherited it. But oh, uh, yes. but are warned by forest ranger Roy McLean that a huge machete-wielding maniac has been terrorizing the area. 
wow, this description on the bee is nothing what happens in the movie. No, it's not. Because he does not he... warn them about any machete-wielding mania. No, he doesn't. That's so basically what, people... what I just read to you, ignore. <laughs> yeah, just they say have. your own thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, now we all watched this last year for, or pardon me, two years ago for Year of the Slasher, correct? First time watched oh, last year. Slasher. No, last year was Year of the Franchise. Year before was oh, Year of the fuck. Slasher. Huh? Time's a flying, my man. Holy shit. Yeah. That's... That whole franchise you forgot about. How could you forget attention. that? Yeah, try to pay attention, Officer Friendly. <laughs> That's going to be his nickname. Yeah. I'm here with Officer Friendly this and didn't make, This didn't make any of our lists, and some people were a little up in arms about it. I think we I rated it a 7 out of 10 back in the day. I said it was just off the list. Yes, Prom Night 4 fucking made it, and if I have to keep hearing about it, but Prom Night 2 were right there. This and Dr. Giggles were right there. They probably should have been on the list if I really had to go back and revisit it, but I'm fucking, just because it pisses people off, Prom Night 4 is staying. First time I saw this film (laughs) for the Slasher show, I rated it a 6 out of 10. Watching it this time around, not only have I come up a lot on it, which is, you know, the opposite of what Christian normally does, but <laughs> it would easily make my top 50. Oh, you wow. And Dave yeah. has always had a hate, like you've never really got in. Well, the, I always used to get this one confused with the one that was uh, directed by Andrew Davis uh, that was kind of lost. Oh, fuck. With the group or on the bus. It's got the dude for that was in Sopranos in it. Oh, is that uh, that the, don't go in the woods alone? No, 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 that that piece of shit. Um, oh, with, with Sweet Sixteen? No, not no. that one either. With no, Joey Pants, I know. Joey which one Pants, he's wasn't it Sweet Sixteen? It was Joey Pants's mother who was the killer. Yeah, it's those crazy. Oh. No, the ones where they're on the log, and it's like those creepy fucks that like, I gotta look it up now. It's the last. The, yeah, the I fourth, know. What uh, oh, I know what fourth. it is. Killing spree. No, no, you guys are all. You're fucking totally off. I'm, I'm looking I can, at I can right picture now. it. I, I can picture it. It's two. It's a two-word title, and I can even picture the font of the letters. And there's three kids running on the cover of the box on the on the cover art. I can picture the you, cover I'm art. I gotta get you the fucking movie. I'm telling you, there's there's three kids running on the on, on, on the cover. I'm on. I'm looking for it right now on IMDb, and I can't find it. No, the, oh, final, the, terror. the final terror. The final terror. There it is. Look at the cover. Look at the final terror. Go ahead. Yeah. Look at it. Look it up on the B. Are there kids running? There are kids. See? Told yeah. you. What did I call it? Everything but the final terror. <laughs> <laughs> it was a two-word title. I'll tell you what. I gave Just Before Dawn a 6 out of 10 when we did it for the Slasher show, which was not good enough to make. I, I believe it was 6.75 and better made the, uh, made my top 50. There was a few on the end. So it, 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 was, it was hanging around there with many other sixes, Madman, Splatter University, Sweatshop. Madman? Mad ma'am, yes. The <laughs> it's a female, yes. Mad ma'am. Mad Marge. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Large Marge's sister. Mad ma'am. Mad <laughs> uh, So anyway, I uh, something I've noticed in, in the, the last three times I watched it, the last time I watched it was obviously for the Slasher show. Prior to that, it was like about six, seven years. And I remember talking about it, you were the Slasher, saying that all I remember was the last act, this guy was walking through the mountains crying for the whole last act. And that was my memory. Now, last time when I did it for the Slasher show, my notes here say he was always on the brink of tears until the end where he finally cried. This time, it seemed (laughs) like he only cried 
for about 30 seconds at the end of the film. It is. Yeah. Like, it, it's he just the it. rules. The rules change. So he, he, she was always playing the victim for the whole movie, and he was supposed to be the hero guy, but at the end, when it mattered, she fucking, quote-unquote, manned up, killed the guy, and he's weeping. It's like they're... they're, they're he they're froze. Yeah. He froze. Totally. Like she talked about earlier, when she froze with right. the other female friend, I thought it was actually brilliant, and I, I I don't know why I just picked up on it this time versus the first time I around. We I'm talked like, about okay. that in the last time we talked about this. I thought we actually brought that up. Uh, maybe not quite. Uh, we definitely quite, brought up the yeah. crying. Mel's in it. Let's bring up Mel. <laughs> Mel. Okay, I had you. him. <laughs> <laughs> I had him, and I let him go. He's great in this too. He plays kind of a crazy Ralph S. character. Uncle Todd. Yeah. And his nephew Vachel. <laughs> oh yeah, right. There's I had some, to look there's it up. I'm door. like, is he calling his nephew Rachel? <laughs> I looked it up. It's Rachel with a V. Yeah, yeah. I watched the uh, I watched the subs as I was watching the movie. Yeah, here's here's the thing. How does nobody hear this freaking dude on any roof ever? The, the guy's up. <laughs> that weighs 300 pounds. In the opening scene in the church, he looks up and he sees him, and then all of a sudden he's gone. You know, first the guy. How the hell does nobody see a 300 or hear a 300 pound man walking on a roof? First, it happens in the church, and then later on, it happens in a camper. Of course, you're going to hear a person. You would hear a freaking a 30 pound thing on the top of well, a camper. Does, they do make a noise. He makes a noise when he yeah, jumps Yeah, especially on the camper. He makes a loud noise, and they don't even turn around. <laughs> yes. I thought that was I weird. thought they, they should have maybe kept him more in the shadows at the beginning. I think they, they sort of show the killer too early maybe yes. but they but the, i also like the fact that they they have the little twist yes but at, the, ha, at the half at the halfway point it's almost like let's let's get this out in the open let me let's ask not, you guys i'm sorry b no i was gonna say i like the fact that they don't have that as like let's make this be the final payoff in the last act okay so let me ask you unless i missed something and blinked because i will say this i, I have the same issue with it that i've had many times it's a little slow for me and I'm not on board the entire film, so I may have checked out. But, uh, of course, we're talking spoilers. It's an old movie, but they, there is a reveal. All of a sudden, it seems that there's two killers that are maybe twins. I don't know. They look a lot alike. Yeah, they're twin and, brothers. Okay. Then at the end, I only see one person get killed. Is that me or, 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 or am I wrong? No, two get killed. I only see the one thing when the woman shoves her hand in the guy's throat, and that's all I remember seeing. At the that's end of the, the second kill. What was the other one? I don't remember seeing another person killed. Roy shoots the other one. Hmm. Okay. Remember, he, he shoots... Uh, Is that not after he chops her down uh, when she's in the tree? A great scene, by the way, when he machetes down a tree that she's in. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, ch he's chasing Connie. The killer's chasing Connie, and, and she comes into the clearing with the killer, and, and Roy's there on, on horseback, and he, kill, and he kills her. Remember, because he falls on top of her? Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess and, that, and that's when that's when it's a good scene. That's the only thing that I got a little kind of kind of a little uh, confused by is after that, Roy tells Connie and Warren to go pack up and to start heading down the mountain. I don't understand why he wouldn't stay with them or keep them with him. He tells them to go start packing and stuff, and they go to the to the back to the campsite and they're packing. And you could tell they're both really starting to crack up because. Warren still believes that uh, Danny and Megan might still be alive. Well, isn't that uh, why? I think he was going to go look. He goes, you guys get packed up, get your stuff, and maybe he was going to go look for the friends. I don't know if he specifies that, but. He might He might have said something like that, but I, uh, yeah. 
you know, it, it just seemed weird because you could tell these, obviously, these kids are traumatized. Connie starts putting on makeup. She's all made up. And, uh, oh, what a difference and, it made, too. And, yeah, and then, uh, and then, of course, then they're attacked by the other brother. And that's when they do the, you know, Dave, let me fish, fish in the throat. Dave, I can sort of be slightly on board with what you're saying. The movie never loses me, though. I, I will admit I would have liked a little bit more mystery at the beginning with the killer, maybe shrouded in, in more shadow. Maybe that's a little, maybe it just went against the cliche. And, and so maybe I'm wrong in this case, but maybe I wanted more standard slasher shit, maybe. But there's a, there's some great set pieces in here. That whole part where she's in the water and he grabs oh, her and then he, and she's like, get away, get away from me. And then realizes her boyfriend <laughs> is actually climbing up on the shore. Fantastic. And then, and then the whole scene that you brought up when we were doing that um, Vertigo movie, uh, for T- high, high, the one that Derek B recommended to us when they're right. up climbing up the mountains and they're on that, they're on that suspension bridge. It was done much better than than it was here. Yeah, I, I mean, well, that, they, yeah, that probably had a bigger budget, but it's still, it's still effective here. The fact that we're in a forest setting again, I, I right. love a forest setting, and they took good advantage of it here, and the acting is decent in this movie. I agree, and the kids are likable. That, that's something else that's good. and yeah. yeah, and what's his name, Warren, also went on to have a good career as an actor, uh, Greg Henry, who was the lead kid. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they had some people in here who, who you've George seen. George Kennedy. Yeah, George Kennedy, of course, you know, yeah. terrific actor. So He's probably it, there for like a day, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but I agree that I, I like the characters, the scenery. I really appreciated it more because I actually found a decent copy online. The first time I saw it, it was a blurry copy. Uh, this time I found a, a, almost like a pristine copy. I have the Blu-ray. It, yeah, I, I actually want to pick up the Blu-ray now, but uh, I thought it looked great, and I thought visually, I'm like, this is actually a really nice-looking slasher film. It's really, it is really nice-looking, but it's yes. got that little that dream filter. Well, this <laughs> film was heavily cut and restructured. It was originally supposed to be very religious, and very much that's why there's a lot of talk in the film. You hear them talking about demons a lot. It was supposed to be a, a very heavy religious film. And I w- would be interested mm. to see because they just changed it to a more basic slasher. slasher. Yeah. But I, I'd be interested to see what was cut out because it might have had that look in, intentionally for what they were originally going for. Well, well think, if you get the Blu-ray, yeah. you'll see that the Blu-ray has the extended version. And it, but it has a lot. It's really not so much for gore as it is for. Other scenes that were actually cut. Oh, I did oh, not they, watch oh it. they show them. Okay, nice. I did not watch it because the movie to me was long enough already, so I, I didn't do it. But I, I'm aware that those because I remember doing research last year for the slasher. Pardon me, two years ago for the slasher. He did research last year. You did it two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I was gonna watch it, hoping that there was gonna be more gore and I was gonna like the movie more. And I didn't. <laughs> so your reading is remain. Or I mean, I don't. Not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't watch it because of that. Like, I didn't watch the extended version because I researched and I was like, okay, we have an extended version on this Blu-ray. What's on it? And I, I read the differences, and it was all pretty much scene stuff. I was hoping there would be extra gore. I'm thinking, well, maybe if this movie is gorier than I than than I remember it being, maybe I'll come up higher. And it was the year of the slasher. I was trying to come up higher. You know? it, it could have it could have used more gore as well. This film just sure. could have used uh, maybe another group of uh, teenagers that were out there that get killed up, or like a random couple, another forest stranger, just to throw in because they have the the one kill at the very beginning, the nephew, yeah, Rachel, who's killed. He gets stabbed like right through the ass, and it's bloody and oh, oh man, great it's kill, na- yeah. Great, that's a, yeah, it's yep. nasty. 
That's the kill in the movie. You see yeah, the knife absolutely. go through. Yeah, it's almost like it never yep. lives up to that kill. Yeah, after that, it's really it's really not much, but the, the strength of the characters and the scenery and, and the performances. And the whistle. Def- yeah, and the whistle. Yeah, whistle. <laughs> and I think that was what I, and I think I brought this up on the show again. I think uh, that was like uh, it, um, April Fool's Day had something similar, and I was trying to remember what movie it was, and I think it was this that I was saying it referenced. It kind of reminded me of that. They use that like the in Friday the 13th. Yeah, true. For this movie. I liked it. This this movie's grown to me quite a bit over the years, as has the Final Terror, which is another one that got kind of restructured because oh. things got lost. I actually like that one too. Um, both of them, I think, were not initially supposed to be. But maybe I'm wrong on this one. Maybe this one because it is Jeff Lieberman who did do quite a few horror films. Maybe he wanted this to be a slasher film, uh, but. I feel like it started maybe something different or I think it had higher aspirations and got marketed as a slasher. He still refers to this as his favorite project, even though it did get changed dramatically, which is pretty, which is pretty high praise because he's done some good films. I'm curious. He's done a few. I'm curious about the beginning uh, because it took place in a church and they were kind of mocking religious things for a few months there. Yeah. That's that's why I'm interested to see on the Blu-ray and, you know, to hear commentaries and stuff. Yeah. Why they they probably were just going maybe because of uh, Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween and all that. Just you know, let's remarket and you know, yeah. make some money off of this. You know what? This may have been filmed before Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, you're right. I, that's yeah. I was hesitant saying that. Well, it's ninety one though. Eighty one. It got released. I don't know. Eighty one. It was released, but doesn't it seem a little seventy ish? It does. Style. It does. Well, that dream filter. You're right. <laughs> Wasn't that all good? <laughs> that was good. That was real good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. I, I think the funny part is uh, that did anyone else notice that when when we do get the actual bridge kill, that the guy does it? What does it? I'm gonna do something that only the patrons are gonna see and you guys. But when this happens, does it remind you of another movie? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When you, uh, yeah. Why? I just I'm not. I'll, I'll just tell you what it is. Wait. Oh, wait, wait. Yes, oh. yes, yes. Oh, I thought of a Christmas story as soon as I saw him put the boot to that guy's face. <laughs> you know yeah, what, though? Right. I thought that, you know what? I actually enjoyed that kill, even though it's a goreless kill, because you really felt Jonathan's struggle there in terms of really trying to get back up, that he was just exhausted at that point, and being kicked into the water was a much meaner thing to do than to, like, <laughs> than to plant the hatchet in his head. Because you plant the hatchet in his head, he's dead instantly. But he falls into the water. He's still alive going down those falls and hitting all those rocks. Yeah. And then he jumps out in front of those two at the, you know, and they just Oh, yeah. That, oh, that was good. The extended cut is 12 minutes longer. Yeah. It's like I said, it's mostly dialogue and, and scenes. Yeah. You know, it's not gore. So I was like, well, what do I care? I'm not into the story to begin with. I was thinking, uh, to me, it's always been a little too slow and a little too, maybe this isn't the right word, but strange. Shame? Strange. Uh-huh. Just different, different for a slasher. Just a little, a little weird, you know. But I'll tell you what, boy, that girl in the third act, she was transformed. Holy God, I couldn't keep my eyes off her. Maybe that's why I got distracted and didn't see the other kill. Because like, man, this woman is beautiful. All of a yeah. sudden, I mean, nothing again. She was just, you know, a pretty girl. She was fine throughout the film. But all of a sudden, not only did, did she put on the makeup and you know do do all make make herself up. It seems like she changed her shorts or something because all of a sudden she had like these booty shorts on. Is it me or did she all of a sudden? I don't know. 
Did I she believe, change her shorts? Uh, I believe Victor Salva uh, directed that third act <laughs> and asked her not only to change her shorts but to change her gender. I don't remember. I don't remember the shorts. I don't remember the shorts, but de- it was definitely wow. uh, done like um, for her character arc, for sure. But I don't remember the, the shorts specifically. And yeah. I'm telling you because I didn't notice the body she had until that act. So I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute here." Not to sound like a pervert, but I'm just a red-blooded male, and you know what I mean? She just happened to get more attractive in the third act. I was like, whoa, who's this? It was so, did George, like, so did George Kennedy. <laughs> George Kennedy, in all seriousness, looked damn good. It was the youngest I've ever remembered seeing him, even though – and I was like, wow, what a difference um, between this and then when he was in The Naked Gun and then when we see him <laughs> again in Creepshow 2. It seemed like he aged 20 years within like that eight-year period. I don't know why. I thought the complete opposite. I thought seeing him, I'm like, George Kennedy always looked the same to me. Really? Like, even, even when I see him in like Cool Hand Luke, I'm like, George Kennedy always looked the same. Yeah, he gets a little older, but Check he just out. has that same look. The first wow. draft of the script that would become this movie was written in 1978 and originally titled The Tennessee Mountain Murders. The script went through rigorous revisions and two title changes before being filmed. It started in 78 in the sense of a, from a script standpoint, but yeah, maybe it didn't start getting written, uh, actually re- like filmed until 80. But having said that, you could see that there's a lot of stuff already happening. That's why I said I think we were right with Black Christmas being the like. Given that the the nod is the first official slasher, I think we were right too. I've had a few people question it. Then what happened is because that laid the gravel, Halloween was the ground, like the actual paved the way, and then because of that, more things were produced, as we said before, and we got what we got. Interesting. It's just interesting that uh, it, it did start yeah. its life before 1980. There you go. Wow. It has that feel. It definitely you could feel it literally. Like well, not literally. <laughs> You could see it visually. Literally. How's that? You could feel it figuratively. Yes, there you go. <laughs> visually. Uh, there was one funny thing I have to say. He yells at those people crossing the bridge, don't bunch up. And what do they do? <laughs> bunch they all right bunch up. I felt like I was talking to three versions of my daughter. Well, he, he, he yelled at them when they were already like on the bridge. So it wasn't like there was much I could do. Yeah, well, but they're, they already, continued. They're, they're already out there. It's like, what is. <laughs> He should have said before. the talk beforehand. Yes, stay, keep your distance, don't bunch up. Yeah. He looks like, back, don't bunch up, and the three of them are like on top of each other. Right? And they stayed that way. Oh, yeah, come here. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's all my notes. I I was okay with the film. You know? I, I enjoyed it a lot more this time. I, I really, really enjoyed this film. It, it, it would easily be in the top 50. Say with me. Yeah. I, I could safely say that based on my rating that it, w- it would have trumped like the first because I, I started at 7 out of 10 range and this went to 7.5 on this view. Whew, I went from 6 to 7.5. Yeah. Wow. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's, a, it's a solid little slasher. I went from 6 to 6.5 but it still okay. went up. Hey, still went up. Yeah, it, it went up. I appreciate it a little bit more but it still seemed a little bit slow. There, there was still some it downtime. Is a little that, bit, and it is a little bit long for the uh, for the slasher genre. I think it's close to like an hour and forty. I, I just was really uh, taken in by the uh, aesthetics of it, especially given the fact that this time I saw a good copy. And again, this was only my second time. Yeah, right on. And you know what? I will say this: I was watching the movie. 
I was about an hour and 10 minutes in and I had to stop the movie because my friend came over, one of my best friends who I haven't seen in a few years. He came in and then I stopped the movie and then I had to go back, you know, the next day or something like that. So maybe because I was interrupted, I, I was unable to be sucked in fully to the film and maybe that's why I drifted. <laughs> Who knows? You know, sometimes it happens yep. if you break up a film. You know, No, I mean? it, do- it does. It really yeah. does. You, you got to be in that mood. Yeah, especially with a, with like a slasher film, you know, yeah. finish you know finishing it up like during the day or something. It's like, and that's what happens, especially when I'm doing it for the show. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do an hour here. I'm gonna do half an hour here. Yeah. And although I will say my Del Toro films, two out of the three, uh, <laughs> were split up an hour, and I had to go back the next day and do an hour. But sometimes we'll we have it. no choice, just with our schedules and whatever. You got to fit them in when we fit them in. That's that's what she said. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that one was from Gary M. Gary uh, Miller, I believe. Thank Thanks, you for that. Miller or Gary Miller. <laughs> <laughs> it's Miller time. Yes. <laughs> Let's take a break and come back. We'll have our special guest, and it's Del Toro time. See you guys Woo! on the flips. Woo! Del Toro's our special guest. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> Say your prayers. Ramen is here. <laughs> you know, Dave, Dave, to be honest, I had a song too that I was going to bring him in with, but it wasn't that one. What was it? Go ahead. Bong, 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 Mr. Ramen. Yes. Bring me a dream. Making the cutest that I've ever seen. Awesome. You know, that's an intro. Yeah, yeah buddy. I, I had no song. I'm sorry. You, had no song. <laughs> you deserve it. We are here with Abraham Ram, also known as the Ram Man, uh, a longtime friend, uh, a longtime listener of not just this show, but other shows I've done. I've, no, I've known this, this gentleman for a very long time. And now he's even in on the, uh, the review game this past year with the Ram Man Review. It's not a podcast yet. However, today is his podcast debut. Am I correct? Yes, you're right. What? Well, oh, I didn't even know that. that. That's awesome. I didn't know that either. I figured you had to have done something at, some, at this point. Yeah, I've had a lot of offers. I was actually the original um, choice to do Cut to the Chase with Dan Chase back in the day, but uh, that never f- worked out. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Jerry Herring's been trying to get me on Kill the Cast for a while now. Well, fuck well, we you, broke Jerry. your cherry, yeah. Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Well, that's great that you're here. I mean, you contribute to so many people's pages and, and to the horror community, so it's, it, it's fantastic to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure listening to you guys. Uh, watching the growth from the first episode to now, you know, it just keeps getting better and better. It's, it's good to hear because sometimes we crush it ourselves. <laughs> no shit, we do. I think we did one time and then you even said, don't be so hard on yourselves, guys. You so, yeah, awesome. that's true. That's true. We got support. Nice, nice. Awesome. Well, well tonight, tonight uh, we're having a very special show because Ram Man has selected these movies for us from a certain director. And we are going to be doing three from Guillermo del Toro. We are going to be discussing Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, and Crimson Peak. Now, Mr. Ramman, I have to ask you this because uh, you, you do bring him up frequently. I, I, I heard you mention Del Toro a few times, different podcasts and you know correspondence with them. 
you put up the poll a couple years ago on our page saying that they should do a trilogy and what do you guys want to vote on? So is Del Toro your favorite modern director? Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt he is. Nice. Well, I could, I can't disagree. Like in the sense of like visually, they always say from a visionary director and I've never heard of the fucking guy ever before in my life. This he should have visionary director and everything. Like his movies are amazing to look at. Yeah, exactly. Just from that standpoint alone, you're like, he deserves a lot of accolades and respect, but uh, it seems like he's too ambitious for Hollywood. You know, a lot of his projects um, never see fruition. And that's kind of a shame, you know? You miss out on a lot of stuff. That could have been great. Absolutely. Well, you know, if he's at the helm, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing anything he's connected to for sure. He has that Pinocchio. I guess it's a movie coming out for Netflix. That sounds interesting, too. Oh, it, it's coming to Netflix. That thing has been in like on IMDb for years, it seems like. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and they say that's going to be dark. Which I can only imagine, given his uh, his style. Oh yeah, it's a black Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio <laughs> attacks the block. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually that'd be really cool because that's what he does. He kind of takes like, like, especially with the movies that we're seeing today, like a fairy tale esque approach, but dark. So, Tim yeah. Burton comes to my mind, but it seems Del Toro goes even one st- like a few steps further. Sorry, I've, I've been breaking up a lot tonight, Ram Man, so I apologize. These guys have been, like, laughing at me all night long, so. Okay, cool. I didn't know how to respond to that. I'm just like, uh. Just nod yeah. your head, yes. Yeah, nod my head. Yeah, I agree with you. So Kristen. he'll stop talking. Yes, yeah. that sounds right. <laughs> it usually works. You're a brilliant point, Christian. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, look at this. 2021 Pinocchio. He's the producer. I guess he's the director also. I, I don't know. I'm just going by what it says on the B here. Yeah, the witches? Live action. Live action Pinocchio and supposed to be very dark like the original fairy tale. Wow. He's a producer of The Witches, which is a remake. Oh, no, it's not a ra- Maybe it's based on uh, Rod Dahl's uh, classic book, The Witches. Is that the original movie that he came out with in the, the 80s? The Witches? Was that based on the book? I think uh, so, yeah. Wow. I like that movie. The Angelica Houston one? I guess so. Yeah, that, which is that, was, that is a really well-made movie from 1990, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I heard that this version of Pinocchio, Geppetto is actually Victor Salva, and he really wants a real boy. <laughs> 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 Sorry, oh. that's a callback joke. For whatever reason, now that we're out of the Clownhouse segment, I feel like I can make the jokes. But in yeah, the Clownhouse like, segment, I feel like I need I to apologize for the few jokes I made during the Clownhouse. I felt very weird making We did this yeah. backwards. Oh, man. We figured, I can't, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> we made no, we, I, I stay away from I tried to not make one joke during that segment. Yeah, we did okay refraining, but then now we can't stop now that it's over. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. I didn't want to yeah. touch I didn't want to touch that, but Victor sure did. <laughs> oh, waka boy. waka. Oh. Oof. So yeah, pre-production 2021 Pinocchio will be on Netflix. Interesting. Director, yeah, director and producer Del Toro. How do you like that? Wow. Cool. Looking forward to that one. Well, I'll tell you what, all these movies tonight for me. Uh, Hellboy is a first time, and Whoa. Pan's Labyrinth was a third, and Crimson Peak was a second. But, you know, uh, I got to tell you, I, they really took me in th- this time even more than before. So I'm really looking forward to talking about them, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we can do that. What do you guys say? You guys ready? Yeah. You want to go in order of release? Yeah, let's, let's do it. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Ram Man? You picked it. It's your show. Yeah, sure. That sounds cool. 
Rock and roll. So, what's first, Hellboy? Yeah, let's do Hellboy from 2004. Written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. A demon raised from infancy after being conjured by and rescued from the Nazis grows up to become a defender against the forces of darkness. I like this more than I thought I was going to like it. I'll tell you that. I didn't think it was going to be my cup of tea. I avoided it for years. It just seemed kind of... It was, yeah, that's the thing. Know. With certain movies, sometimes you avoid them. These, these. I mean, this is basically like a, a dark superhero movie. And they're not usually the ones I like run to. But every time I watch Hellboy, I just, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and Ron Perlman is just, he's Hellboy to me. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's a yeah. great Hellboy. Yes, he is. That's why I feel, I feel like says. I, sorry, David. I mean, I, no, I, no, no, it's okay, buddy. I just thought that that's why I wouldn't necessarily embrace the new one that's out in theaters now. But although I like that actor, I just, because Ron yeah, Perlman D- just David, nails it. D- <laughs> David Harbaugh, for some reason, and... I don't know if you saw this, if you saw it, Ram, and the new one, but just watching the trailer for the new one, I said to myself, he looks like a very small Hellboy, but it turns out that David Harbaugh is actually like three or four inches taller than Ron Perlman. But just the look of the Hellboy, of the new Hellboy, looks puny in comparison to Ron Perlman's. Yeah, that's what turned me off about that remake. He looks really, uh, like, yeah, like you said, puny. Yeah, you saw the, did you see the remake? Like Hellgirl Boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I still haven't seen it, but I heard it's like really brutal. It has a brutal third act. Like brutal, brutal as in violent, or brutal as in brutally bad. Sorry, Chris. No, I heard. I heard it's like a Mortal Kombat, but like on film, you know. So the brutality is there. Oh, like fatalities. Oh, right. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a babality. Right. <laughs> Hellboy gets turned into he. Get, this movie goes in reverse because in the beginning we see him as a baby. Maybe in this one he gets turned back into that baby from the yeah. beginning. And then they have a friendship. 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 <laughs> I just I like the the monsters, the villains in this one. I like how they play around with time. Uh, again, visually stunning is going to be the broken record comment of the night. Uh, it just looks just great uh, and good blend of CG and practical. That's one thing he does really well, and I'll say that with every film, is his CG looks awesome. Not the blood. I, I don't mind it. It doesn't. The blood it sports, doesn't... that's my only complaint of all films. Little tiny, little tiny complaint. Minuscule, you know, bitch. But the, uh, CGI blood shots and, and, and blood squirting out when, when it's CG, I, I can never get on board with it. I, I, just, I, just look, I just look at it this way. The way you talked about it when uh, – when it chapter one came out, it's like a project of this ambition of this magnitude. There's no way to avoid using CGI. So mm-hmm. I kind of jump on board with it and very little of it even stuck out as, as poorly done. Not, not poorly done, but obvious. Like I'm going to talk about a different film really quickly, but in, but in Crimson Peak, when I forget his name, pardon me, he gets stabbed in the cheek. And I, I can recall this because I was watching with my wife. And when he got stabbed in the cheek and they were about to pull it out, my wife says, oh, I can't watch. And then she turned away. And then you could see that it was, that it was CG. I said, ah, I said, don't worry. I said, it's CG. Then as soon as they pulled it out, you see that it was practical on his face afterwards. But the actual pulling out of the object from the guy's cheek was CG. And it was obvious. And I, I wish the decision was made not to do that. Again, it's a minuscule complaint, but it's something I pick up on. And, you know, and that it was is what Thomas it is. Sharp. Thomas Sharp, thank you. You and, know what I'm talking about. And, did, and ra- you- yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. And didn't you notice that, right? Yeah, you know, you okay. do notice it. 
It would have yeah. been better without. It's so much easier. How hard is it to, you know, pull something out of someone's cheek and have it be practical? There's no I'll, need to have to go that route. I'll That's when that. it bothers me. I'll give you that. Yeah, like blood spurts. You don't need to do that. It's so easy to put a packet into freaking somebody's chest or whatever body part they get hit in and have it shoot freaking fake blood. Hey, I'll take the blood squirts over the Hershey squirts any day. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you hard on CG, Ramen? Uh in these particular films, not really, but yeah, in general, I don't like CGI blood. It just more often than not, it looks shitty. I always think of uh, Freddy versus Jason, and that just looks terrible. Mm, yeah, I yeah, CG blood is not my fave, but uh, I, I'm forgiving of it in superhero action movies. Uh, but this is darker. This, I do like this one. Like, I mean, it, it, it's we we're saying that we we're a horror movie podcast, and we started the show saying that. Uh, we we only review horror movies, and I said, well, you know, here's our first our, our first episode that we might have to sort of pull back and say Hellboy <laughs> is not officially a horror film, although there are horrific elements to the movie for yes. sure. The monsters, of course. There's blood. There's and violence, Nazis. and there's Nazis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, an argument can be made that all three of these films aren't horror. Yeah, well, that's I did say that, and then I think Brandon, uh, and again, you wouldn't have heard this yet, but Brandon said, "Well, this show is maybe sixty percent horror." But yeah, that you can argue that too. I said like yeah. dark fairy tales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think much. Crimson Peak is horror. I think yeah. Crimson Peak, Crimson is, Peak is the only one that I really truly think is can be defined as a horror film. Yes, see, and that, and that's the one that I see the most flack for. Uh, everyone says it's gothic. That's it. Not gothic horror. That it's just a gothic romance film. <laughs> Come on, look at those ghosts. Those ghosts, ghosts are scares. amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. It's total horror. It's it, it's set up just like it's like a it, it's a mysterious horror movie. It's it's a classic setup. It's gothic in tone, I suppose, but I mean, it's just like any other old school horror movie. It's set up like an old school movie, I guess. There's some mystery, and I don't know. I mean, we're not there yet, but <laughs> I feel like we're reviewing Crimson Peak right now. We're, we're just reviewing them all. Yeah. We're reviewing his whole library. I Let's love the opening me. of this. It's very Raiders of the Lost Ark feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For I love sure. It. You know, with the uh, with Rasputin and uh, the whole Thule Society and trying to open the portal to awaken the seven gods of chaos. And I'm like, I'm taking notes, and I'm like, just calm down, just enjoy the film, stop writing. And, I, and it was just easier just to take notes as I'm as I'm paying attention rather than writing every single thing down. But that opening scene with the portal, with the guys getting sucked in and turning turns into skeletons, man, the shots were beautiful. Yeah, and the guy's fingers getting cut off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was badass. Man, and para abnormal. <laughs> it was, it's it's great. It's a more convoluted. I find most of superhero movies and most movies nowadays seem to be pushing. Like way more story that's even necessary, but I did like this one. I, I dug it, but it was really a lot of extra exposition and, and background and lots of different yes. villains. Uh, it worked in this movie, but I, I'm finding that that uh, movies seem to be like we can't be too simple now. We've got to make it very convoluted nowadays. So, but it was enjoyable yeah, here for sure. Yeah, they definitely started doing that at the beginning with, with explaining everything and even the credits. You know, showing these these news clippings and all that. And it was, it was really well done, but you know, you could, you could drive yourself nuts, especially if you're trying to take notes. Like, Oh, what was that called? What was that called? What's yeah. his name? What's his name? But then I'm like, you know what? Just stop. Just watch the movie. That's what I did. I took light notes and my notes are mostly, uh, just usual with me, like funny observations. Like, yeah, uh, which is what like, it should be. You know, we don't have to like rehash every single 
frame for frame act in this action in this film. We never do. I know. <laughs> it was too much for me. It was too much. It was a lot of explanation, and I didn't need it. I got the gist of it, and that's all I needed. They were Nazis. They're up to no good. This guy came out. Yeah, he was probably meant to be a devil, and he's here, and uh, but he ends up being a good guy, and he's in the world, and whatever. And, and they're going to come back later for revenge or evil Nazi intent. And that, that was good enough for me not to get too deep in it. You know, My notes are, do you think that the baby Ruth thing was a, was a throwback to the Goonies in Sloth? You know, that, That's my observation. They could have used a different candy bar. <laughs> I know. I, I think Ruth. it was done in I think it was done intentionally. Yeah, it's, probably. Same thing with Baby Ruth, which what you think is a monster, sloth by look. He was coached with Baby Ruth. Same thing <laughs> here. You know, friggin', this, you think this thing is a, a little a little devil, and a little Baby Ruth makes everything right. You know, same thing. Are you a graphic novel fan, Ram? Uh, to an extent. I haven't really collected anything in a while. Like, were you a fan of this? Like, I, I mean, I knew that this existed as a graphic novel, but to be totally honest... Not really until the movie came out. So I wasn't like, I didn't even know if, if from a research standpoint, if it was a newer, like, I'm assuming this is all something from like the 1990s, maybe two early 2000s, right before the movie got released. But I don't know if anybody knows the history of this. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I think it's a 90s comic. Okay. Uh, and yeah, they just picked it up from there. So. Yeah, you know, I don't know anything about comics. <laughs> How come nobody talks about Hellboy 2? I always hear about Hellboy, and Hellboy 2, isn't it another Del Toro movie? It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Nobody Hell, talks about Hellboy it. Hellboy 2 is actually, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I actually prefer it. <laughs> wow, really? It's really good. Yeah. It I is. I remember it. liking I it, too. It. Okay. I don't know if, if I actually had a preference. I just thought, I, I think I usually, it's on par with, but I, that one I've only watched once, whereas I've seen Hellboy three times. Excellent point, Christian. You, I, I froze it. again. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I know what he was saying. I love man. you guys, I do, though. For, I, I do know just, what you were saying. Brandon just looks like a deer in headlights. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that I, I use the on par description. I've only watched it once and I've seen Hellboy three times, so it's due for another watch. I saw yeah. these in the theaters, and both of them were great experiences in the theater. Yeah, same here. Yeah. What they don't go into exposition is with is like the relationship factor. Like the girlfriend, they, they touch upon it. They give you, they give you enough, but I don't think they, they really hit you over the head with it. I love how he's jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. I love how there's, you know, he's like there's a sensitive aspect of when his dad dies, mm-hmm. and, and, and whatnot. Oh, like I, definitely, I like those layers. Yes, that's yeah, all his, great. his his relationship with his original handler, and then the way he interacts with uh, Myers when Myers comes in. Of course, Myers takes a liking to Liz. Like you said, they don't really do a lot of exposition with those characters, more so of just kind of showing you, like, clippings and, and what happened in her past. You know, she's obviously in the mental hospital when we first meet her and stuff, so we we get a quick glimpse of what happened and what her superpower is. But they, they don't it, make you hate Myers. Like, he's not trying to be a dick. And no, he, and, and, not at and, all. And Hellboy, and you could see, like, he... He realizes that okay, there there's something there between them or whatnot, and maybe he should step back. And f- fuck, secondary characters in this, the dude with the hair plugs. Yeah, Clay. Yeah, his his other handler Clay. before. Yeah, yeah. great character. Yeah. A very emotional scene when uh, with yeah. what happens with Clay. Yeah, it was weird because I I know Ron Perlman mostly through Sons of Anarchy, and his character name in them in that that series is Clay. So <laughs> early on in the movie, when he's calling somebody Clay, I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, my wife was right, right along with me. 
And then I, th- I didn't know if he ate cats or he liked cats because there's a, there's a line. Well, check it out. There's a line in the movie right when they when you before you know this, and they're going in to see Hellboy. What's what's the character's name? That meeting him for the first time. What's his name? Myers. Myers. When they're bringing him in there, he says he gets fed a lot or something. They said talking about food, and, and they yeah. said and they said um he likes cats or something. They say like that. I'm thinking does he. Does that mean he likes cats as companions or he likes to eat them? So I'm watching this movie and there's some cats walking around in the back. I'm like, and I tell my wife, I go, is he going to eat these cats? What's going on here? You yeah, they in- I think they intentionally did that almost as like a joke. Just to oh, make okay. you, like, think like, does he eat cats? But no, he's just like a gentle giant. He loves kitties. Okay, well, no. then my wife pointed out that in the beginning when we first see him, the little hellboy comes out. I guess there was a cat involved somehow in that scene. Was there a cat in that cave or whatever? There was or- a cat in the cradle. With a silver spoon? <laughs> a little boy blue? And the man on the moon? When are you coming home? Son, I don't know when. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? We should get together then. <laughs> you know, we'll That's have like a good time the saddest song then. I ever made. That song, song brings a tear to my eye every time I hear it. People are screaming right now, review fucking Hellboy already. All right, Raymond's review. like, I'm about to take back the patron money. Yeah, we've literally, <laughs> we've literally been singing and talking about Crimson Peak for the last half hour. No, we haven't. We've been talking about the characters. Halloween. Okay. Halloween. This movie takes place on Halloween in the beginning. I kind of like yeah. that. Oh, you know, that that's horror. You know what I mean? A little Halloween action. And it also works for when they're out in the streets. And Hellboy is free to the public for the first time or exposed to the public. And they're having that choice with him in that Sammy thing. And they're off and running. And then the one guy makes a comment. I don't know if it was John Hurt's character or if it was um, the other character when he says, hey, trick or treat or something. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. In other words, to try to cover up yeah. the fact these beasts yeah. are roaming the streets, you know. But John Hurt was great getting back to him. Yeah, John Hurt's terrific. John Hurt, is he the guild guy? No, he's he's, the, he's, he's Professor Bloom. Yeah. Oh, Professor Bloom. Bloom. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of um, Doug. Doug yeah. Jones plays uh, Abe Sapien. Ah, there you go with Abe Sapien. I will have to give this movie props because the first five minutes of this film, I turn to my wife. I say, "This thing is gonna." Huh? <laughs> Am I watching The Shape of Water? Well, oh yeah, let me ask about that because <laughs> yeah. I saw The Shape of Water one time. My wife saw it too, and she loves it. Is that the same thing in Shape of Water? And did the thing in Shape of Water eat rotten eggs? Yeah, the thing in Shape of Water ate eggs, not rotten eggs, eggs. So there's a there there is some sort of deltoral connection. Okay, but it's not the same thing. It's but it, but it does eat eggs. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's it, not it, the same character. Yeah. I yeah. thought so. Okay, because again, you know my memory. I, I've only seen Shape of Water one time. It's been. You know, since it first dropped, I don't remember everything, but I knew that obviously it has to do with this aquatic thing. But I'm like, I don't, I don't remember talking and acting that way. But the eggs thing took me back. I'm like, wait a minute. So, okay. Well, anyway, when I saw that thing, the first thing I said to my wife was, I go, well, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to call this. This thing is going to get killed, and it's going to cause you know more more torment for Hellboy. And then later on, when it goes in the water, and and and, and Hellboy gives it that thing, and it loses it, and it gets cut and attacked. I'm like, oh, I told you this is going to happen. And they didn't kill him. They did not kill him. Because that would have been typical action movie type shit. That, that, that's my issue with movies like that, that it's easy to call. So they swerved me, and somebody else got killed. And that worked for me. So I, I like to give it props for that. Well, I also like that they don't make him like the bad guy or the traitor at the end. Like that's the other thing about action films nowadays. It's like always like the best friends, the kill of the traitor at the end. <laughs> Yeah, somebody's, somebody, somebody's <laughs> always infiltrated the organization and it's bad. 
Yeah. And you could even think it's almost going to be Jeffrey Tambor's yeah. character because they're exactly. butting heads. But they they really I love the way they played that relationship out and the way it ends with uh, Jeffrey Tambor and Hellboy and even the post credit scene yeah. with Jeffrey Tambor. It's it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. And, and did you see uh, that scene, Dave? I don't remember. They have to tell me what he happened. Just, he's still there. He's like, guys. He's I'm still there. They never, like, nobody ever went back Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw that scene. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Well, he's great because you, you do think he's going to be, oh, uh, here's the asshole character. And he has a couple of moments, but then they build on that relationship. Yeah. And then there's, like, a respect at the end there, too. So it's great. And it yeah, also it, great. it feels more authentic than uh, most action and superhero films. The relationships yeah. between all the characters. Yeah, and nobody sure. feels expendable. Even though people die, like, they, they, they mention everyone. Like, even all the agents besides Clay, they mention, oh, we lost two good men or, you know, and Clay, they never really tell you if Clay died, but they, you assume he does because they said he was, like, in really horrible shape. But they kind of, like, you know, in all these other superhero action movies, you know, 50,000 people are killed in one day, and, and all they're concerned about is the fact that, you know, Captain America, you know, he got a crack in his shield, you know, something like that. You know, it's, it's just like, <laughs> like what the hell with the 50,000 people who were just killed. Whereas, <laughs> whereas here, it's, they don't. Is he the original wisecracking superhero? Because I don't know, but they all land. Most of them land. I do. It's not annoying to me like it is like. I will in, tell in you Deadpool cases. 2, which people love. Deadpool 2 started getting get on my nerves. I thought it was like two waka 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 waka, and I didn't I didn't think they all landed. Deadpool, the first one was great, but I don't know. I have a limit. Just give me okay. Stop with the wise cracking. Wait, I should right. say cracking wise. What the hell we're doing on? What's this the show? matter with you? Yeah. What is this? Wow. Yeah. Anyway, wow. this had the right them. amount, and and you're right. Most of them landed perfectly. Yep. Yep. And that's that's to its benefit. And a lot of times they don't. A lot of times they're like okay. I mean, it all started with Freddy and his wisecracks. You know what I mean? And, and and what's come on in horror, and then what came on, you know, with, with movies like this. But they were Yeah, we don't get any Nightmare Four in here. No. Thank goodness, huh? <laughs> so Hellboy Two doesn't jump the shark, right? That's good. <laughs> no, I don't think so at all. No, I would agree. Nobody talks about it. So weird. Have you noticed that, or is it just me? I never anybody talk about Hellboy Two. I always hear people mention Hellboy. Nobody ever says dick about Hellboy Hellboy Two. And they never talk yeah, about it, a Del Toro film either. Yeah, it, it is weird because not even someone like Dan Chase, who loves uh, the superhero films, brings it up. So it is it is kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah. I would have never even really thought of it until you, you brought it up, Dave, to be honest. but yeah, It seems like it goes unnoticed. And it's a Del Toro film. You hear all about Del Toro films, the early stuff, the, of course the modern stuff, because he just keeps uh, probably getting better as far as the way they look for, for certain you know? I love how he reuses actors too. If he likes them, he'll he reuses them. Like uh, Perlman was in Cronus. Uh, yep. You see, and in Cronus, yeah. he spoke Spanish. Because in in Cronus, some characters speak Spanish and some speak English. So he had every. You could have gone there and just spoken English. He decided to speak Spanish, and he did it, <laughs> which I always found really cool about Ron Perlman that he for going in there and yep, Espanol. There he goes. And and that's the thing. Uh, not to jump because it really has no relation to what you just said, Dave. So it's a really weird thing that I'm jumping to. But Del Toro is not afraid to show gore. No matter what genre his movie's in, his movie has gore. The Shape of Water, a romance for all intents and purposes, has gore. This movie, when they take that Nazi guy's uniform off. Oh, mm. Cronin. He's horrific looking. Cronin it, it, is nasty. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. And, and they talk about the, the self-surgery? Yeah, the self-mutilation. He cuts yeah. his lips off. He removed, like, his eyelashes. Eyelids, yeah. Eyelids, yeah. oh, that was great. Yeah. Eyelids, yeah. Eyelids. Yeah. <laughs> he and that's what he's doing. He's makeup. He's like, I'll trim my eyelash. <laughs> Where's my mascara? <laughs> he doesn't shy away from it. Like, there, there are shocking moments in all three movies that uh, we're, that we're going to talk about tonight. That, like, that's what I love about them. It doesn't really matter. He, it, it's a part of him. He, I, it's Brian De Palma esque to me. Blood is is something that he like is not afraid to show. It's important to right. him in, in his storytelling technique. And great kills. The great kill with the train, the first one that we get with with Sammy. And Sammy looks great. Back to the CG. Yeah. That all looks great too. Like my, my, like I said, my only complaint was it was a very small complaint. It was the blood. Most of the other the CG and the rest of the movies looks really good. Some of it looks downright fantastic. So yeah, no complaints I love, there. I love the look of Sammy and the fact yeah. that he's reborn every time. And then of course the final showdown with with Super Sammy. <laughs> Super Sammy, yeah. <laughs> looks yeah, it looks great. It's just uh, it's terrific. How about when they flash forward to the future that may be, and it's like all love. Oh yeah, yeah. And shit, yeah. All those tentacles that, coming from the yeah, sky. Those are all the uh, the gods from the other from the other side of the portal. The look of the gods on the other side, very Lovecraftian. With you know, it reminded me of like uh, again, I bring up like Housewife from last year. Housewife borrowed a lot from these these films. You see the tentacles hanging down, and it's just absolutely nightmarish. So I want to see that. Yeah, I that... want to see a future movie like that, you know, with yeah. other gods and tentacles. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yes, I do. Giant freaking like we saw at the end of the mist for a, a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mist yeah. Too. Yeah. Terrific. Why don't we see that? So they're just using that guy's face or that guy as a vessel, the bad guy, because like he it would like it's cheeks yeah. all tentacly and, and whatever. You talking about Rasputin, the head guy? Yeah. Yeah. He was just a sh- he was just basically a shell. Yeah. Because okay. even that's... even references at the end, you know, I'm just like a a measly old man and uh then he obviously you know withers away and out comes the real god and sorry Raymond, i cut you off there what, what were you about to say uh, i was gonna say um hellboy 3 was originally supposed to feature more of that uh those tentacle beings the lovecraftian elements mm. but you know obviously that never got made they decided to reboot it instead yeah i remember after part two Damn. that they were talking about part three for so long i didn't remember remember you know what the storyline was going to be, but it's a shame because it really had the makings of a super strong franchise. Was two not as well received? Is that the reason why they didn't continue with Del Toro and and that vision, or is it just uh, in our society nowadays it feels like we need to reboot every uh, five plus years? Well, I think both of them didn't do as well financially as they uh, they anticipated. So you know it all comes down to money these days. So yep. they never got the funding for that. Yeah, that's a shame too. They probably made a lot of money, but they also cost a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Well, did you guys know that Del Toro was in Diary of the Dead as an actor? I had no clue. I did not know that. Isn't that weird? Like, I, I just, I know it's completely off topic, but I was looking at him on the B because I wanted to see what he went on to after Hellboy 2 and if Pan's Labyrinth came out before and if that's when he started, you know, getting more popular and that's why he didn't do. Hellboy 3, he wanted to branch out a little more. I was just, you know, curious to see his directing. And it kept going on, and you go into the acting credits in Diary Diary of the Dead. Oh, you know what it is? Okay, he's just a voice, newsreader, uncredited. But bottom line, that was him. <laughs> he, he was the he was a, a news uh, uh, someone that read the news in uh, in Diary of the Dead. Interesting. But as far as directing, 
after he did he did, he did Blade Two, Hellboy, then Pan's Labyrinth, and then Hellboy Two, yeah. and then he didn't do anything for five more years directing until uh, Pacific Rim, and that was a big that was a big budget film, no? So yeah, yeah. all all his films. I mean, Hellboy One, I have it here, made about ninety nine million worldwide, and had a production budget of like sixty six million. So that's you know that's not what they were obviously looking for in terms of cleaning up at the box office. And part two did 160 million worldwide, but had a production budget of 85 million. So I, I by the standards that you see with these superhero films today, you know that have the two 300 million dollar budgets, they have to make at least a billion for them to like even consider well, a sequel. This would well, the, I mean that I think these were still considered successes based on the budget. Because that's not really high for a superhero movie, as you as you just stated. Yeah, but, I mean, they made a little bit, but I mean, I'm sure when they were making this movie, they probably thought it's going to make 500 million. Wow. Well, I tell you what, they're both received on the B. Uh, actually, they're both received. What Hellboy Two is a 7.0, and Hellboy One is a 6.9. Yeah. So they're, nice. they're received well. Yeah. And I'm looking at a Hellboy Two, and see, I'm I'm surprised because I haven't seen it, but all the same people are there. Well, not John Hurt, of course, but Perlman, Selma Blair, Doug Jones. I'm like, wow, look at this. They, they all came back. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Nice. The, only th- the only thing that I was uh, upset about with part two is that they didn't bring back Myers. Oh, there you yeah. Michael. They shot <laughs> yeah. him six times. Though. No, 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 Seth Myers. <laughs> yeah. No, they brought back Mike Myers instead. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, baby. Whatever the hell he says. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome, baby. <laughs> 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 The worst Austin Powers. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Awesome, baby. Yeah. Groovy is better. Groovy, baby. Is that better? Yeah, uh, that works quite, better for me. Okay, not quite as good as Grimsby. Grimsby. Not, <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Ram Man, uh, Brandon has a new nickname. It's that. It's Grimsby. So. Grimsby. Nice. All right. Yep. I can I can get on with that. He doesn't like the name Brandon, so I said let's give him like a name, you know, like a a, a horror host name. And you'll hear when you when you when you see the show or hear the show, you'll see how that came about. So yeah, you can call him Grimsby the rest of the show if you'd like. You'll wonder why we <laughs> skipped over asshole, but we thought Grimsby was better <laughs> just for the show. <laughs> if I have one complaint about this film, I'm totally like just like, I'm I sorry. I, I love it. I'm like. I'm not even. I, that wasn't even intentional. That's such an asshole thing to do. Like totally ignore you. I was just looking at my notes, and I'm. I'm they they kind of made a big deal throughout the movie that that uh, Rasputin knew Hellboy's real name, and then it was just kind of used almost nonchalantly, like he said it, and and then all of a sudden, you know, the portal opens, and uh, and and you know, hell is coming to Earth, but. But the showdown with the final Sammy was just, even though the look was awesome, I just felt it was a little anticlimactic. Could have been a little bit longer. I don't want to say anticlimactic. It just should have been a little bit longer. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Cool. A little too quick, yeah, for me. Yeah. I wish it was uh, stretched out just a little longer. You know, I don't want it overblown either. But uh... Yeah, not yeah, just a, maybe a, a, a little bit more struggle for Hellboy because it just seemed like even though he was getting, you know, tossed around like a rag doll, like he, you know, he had the the belt of the grenades, and you just kind of knew what was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from a ratio standpoint of that time frame, based on the length of the movie, I think you're right. Yeah, it yeah. probably could have just used a little bit more. But again, at least it was, it had even though it was dark, it was still lighthearted and comical, even 
even in the very end with him, you know, making the comment, oh, this is really going to hurt. Normally, you would kind of roll your eyes at something like that. But in this movie, those comments and and, uh, jokes work. Yep, I'm with that. What about Ilsa? No one's spoken about her yet. Yeah, Ilsa, you know, I I, I thought she was going to figure more in the film. I don't, you know, she was, I don't know. She just almost seemed irrelevant. Yeah, they needed a... Yeah, but I liked her. It was more (laughs) Rasputin and uh, Cronin who was awesome with those blades, but... uh, yeah, I liked Ilsa when she was on screen, but um, yeah. you know there should have been there should have been more. Maybe have her live. You're, yeah. you're absolutely correct. They kind of they they have her be kind of kick ass, but she's so secondary that they don't really do anything with it. It's almost like a after like it's almost like she should have a showdown with um, Selma Blair. Uh, yeah, uh, with Liz. Liz exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah, yeah that like would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been like a cool way to do it for sure. She did crack him with the hammer though. Towards the end of the movie, you know what I'm talking about? The hammer? The giant yeah. the thing? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I guess, but it's just still I feel like more. No, I hear you. I just wanna I just wanted to give her a shout out. That's all. Because <laughs> she fit in. It's it's the perfect name for a Nazi girl. Still my favorite bad guy is that wind up guy with the sand and the Oh and, 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 and Yeah, just, that, that yeah. that's Cronin. Yeah. Cronenberg? Yeah. I, I think that's how you say his name. Cronin turd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, here's okay, here's a question. John Hurt's character, what whatever his name is, Doctor or something, or Dr. what is it? Dr. Broom? Dr. Broom, okay. Yeah, Dr. Broom. Why wouldn't he recognize that guy? He was there in the beginning of the movie. He was the guy that saved Hellboy. He saw that same guy with a shield in front of his face, right? How come later on in the movie when that when when all that shit goes down and he goes in there and he's dead, he just acts like it's, you know, any other person. You would think no, he's like, no, what he are you doing here? He he just, you know what he did? He checked them out like on a on a on a table, but he didn't yeah. act like he was surprised. Well no, they thought he was dead and then he discovers the note inside that that uh tells them about Moscow and that's and then later when he comes back to life and attacks him in the library, that's when he realizes that it was all a setup. And so he's nonchalant because he knows he's going to die, and they got the better of him. At this that point. part I know, and that was great. He was nonchalant because he knew what was going to happen yeah. that very minute when he saw you know, Rasputin come out. That I get. But when he first saw him, he, it was like a no-sell. He just It could have been anybody, any foe. Yeah, it was a no-sell for that. It was like it, it could have been any foe of Hellboy or any normal person. He was like, oh, who's this guy? He didn't say, who's this guy? But you would have thought that he would have reacted differently when he saw this old foal from freaking 40 years earlier. Or See, I, I, th- I think he was intentionally quiet and like non-responsive because he knew instantly. Is that the ice cream truck? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you guys could hear that. Can, you, awesome. get me a, can you get me a Choco Taco? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome. No, that's awesome. We're going to make fun of you for the rest of the night now. No, it's fine. It's I had my phone ringing before, so it's yeah. uh, it's not as bad as that. Yeah, man, it's the, the ice- sounds from the hood. That's what happens. <laughs> the ice cream ram man. Yes. Yeah, ice cream truck, drive gut- helicopters. Gu- gunshots and screaming children. <laughs> yeah. Ghetto bird, yes. Yeah, the ghetto bird. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. <laughs> Uh, did anyone think that um did any when you're looking at Hellboy, you know what he was reminding me of when they show like his red skin and those those things on it, those designs? Do you guys remember like in the in the early two thousands 
when fruit roll-ups started having shapes in their in their fruit roll-ups because I couldn't stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it, that's what I'm thinking of. But uh, you're right. <laughs> that's a fun... No, I didn't think that at all. But <laughs> that's hilarious. I thought it right away. Hellboy, oh Hellboy, oh brought to you by fruit roll-ups. <laughs> and it was probably going on at the time this movie was made. Oh man, roll-up shapes. Yeah, fruit roll-ups are amazing. They are delicious. Let's review fruit roll-ups. Absolutely right now. horrible. <laughs> they're horrible for you. Oh, they're absolutely horrible for you. They're literally just cavities. Was there anything, Ram Man, that you would like to bring up? Because you know we don't do things like in a linear or cohesive. <laughs> manner on the show we just talk about the movie whatever pops in we talk about it was there anything that uh from your notes or from your observations or just from your love of the movie that you want to bring up uh no you guys are pretty much nailing everything you know i all of my notes are out of sequence as well you know so we're pretty much on the same page with everything again visually i i, I can't praise the movie enough i watched it on uh on netflix though i don't think it was a 4k copy because they're starting to put more 4k content on there now yeah, yeah, well, you know what? 4K, you got you have to get a separate Netflix now. You I think I've got both. it though. I got the option to to get it because it'll tell me if it's an H, HDR or or whatever. Yeah, I thought you have to have a completely different subscription, almost like having Hulu with or without the commercials costs three dollars more. Well, I think on Netflix, it's like three dollars more if you want to upgrade to the HDR version. I think ours was we already got jacked up prices and i think it included uh 4k because once i got the 4k tv it just automatically gives me the options and i'll say this is presented in hdr or whatever as well three moose a month i can't afford this <laughs> <laughs> three meese <laughs> yeah, this is what i gotta deal with on the show on a regular basis <laughs> what was that was that uh vice versa Huh? Uh, it was an old joke from the show when we were talking about the plural of moose yeah. and you said it was moose. Yeah, no, but I think that was originally from the Judge Reinhold movie, Vice Versa, where they're talking about it. Oh, this is the only time in the history of podcasts that the movie Vice Versa was brought <laughs> you up. You know what? <laughs> I saw that movie in the theater. That's a great movie. <laughs> Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. It was at the time where they had like, like Father Like Son, Vice Versa, and there was a third one. Like uh, 18 like, again. Like yeah. Father Like Son was great also with... Uh, Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore. Oh. Freaky Friday, right? Oh, God, we have talked about every movie but Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. This one was visually good. That funeral scene was freaking fantastic. Yeah. De Palma again with the, the with the umbrellas. and then they, He has they... umbrellas in every movie. Oh. Sorry. Just, just realize it. All three movies tonight, there's umbrellas. I just love the parting of the umbrellas as the, the, yes. as the casket comes through and it just... And the rain's coming down, and then it just pans up to Hellboy staring Brilliant. down. It's just, yeah. Dude, yeah, yes. Yeah, visually stunning. The parting of the, of, the, of, the, of the umbrellas was, it rivals the parting of the Reds. <laughs> 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 they had Moses there. Yeah, <laughs> Moses. <laughs> no, Moses Zimmer. Moses who? Malone? Yeah, Moses Malone. Moses Malone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy with the fucking cone cobs in his ears. Come cobs. Woo! About the hospital scene where uh, where Liz accidentally kills pretty much like everybody at the mental institution. Oh, that was great. Was that real? Yeah, had to have been. That was real. That she had nowhere else to go. She had to go back to to Hellboy and wherever the hell they were hanging out. Yeah, they, they made it sound like she's just coming for the weekend. Like yeah. she's just yeah, gonna right. stop for the weekend. She blew like, that nah, whole place up. You just killed about two. Two, three hundred innocent people. I think you're here for good now. Yeah, what happened to their funerals? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they didn't have enough umbrellas. 
in the in the budget. <laughs> oh. And I and I love that Hellboy, you know, shaves down his horns because he's uh, oh so he's cool. Embarrassing them, it's it's terrific. Yes, and how they come back at the end. And looks then... like it looks like he's got two uh, pepperonis sticking out of his head. <laughs> yeah. Don't mention the horns. I'm a Hellboy. You want the pepperoni? Hey, the worst Italian impersonation ever. We just we we have a third now. Let's just kick kick hit Brandon off. You can't tell me that looking at Hellboy's head that those don't look like two salamis sticking out of his head. I never once thought they looked like fruit roll-ups or salamis. <laughs> this movie made me very hungry. I'm it's getting hungrier by the too. second. My God, Jesus <laughs> Christmas. Uh, yeah, maybe we should rate it. <laughs> Christian, what do you think, buddy? No, uh, no, 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 no. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, we gotta let our guests go first. Yes, yes. Ram okay, Man, cool. The floor is yours, sir. Let's see. Hellboy. I give this one four pepperonis out of five. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So All that'd right. be eight out of ten. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, yeah you guys do it's, this. It's okay. Out of ten. Yeah. I give this a B plus. <laughs> nice. I do too. I'm with you. I, I would say the same thing. It's an eight, eight out of ten for me. A B plus or four pepperonis. Take take your pick. <laughs> well, I feel like we're all in line. I I just I had eight out of ten for pepperonis. Whatever the fuck, I love it. It was it, yeah. it's a lot of fun. I'm slightly a little, little higher. I'm gonna give it eight and a half fruit roll ups out of ten. <laughs> nice. <laughs> with the shapes, absolutely. Cool. Just, yeah. cool. All around a lot of fun. Yeah, it, w- it was definitely fun, and I'm, de- I'm absolutely gonna be watching part two. In the very oh, definitely, you definitely gotta see. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, you gotta get into that one for sure. No question. Yeah, I-, I waited too long to see this one, and I'm glad I did. And yeah, part two is uh, next on the agenda. Well, not next, but it's coming soon. Maybe we'll talk about it next show. You know, as a update. You know, like unsolved mysteries. Shall we move on to uh, to Pan's Labyrinth? Are we ready for that? Yeah. Hands Labyrinth, starring David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> what? You know how many people have said that to me every time I bring up Pan's Labyrinth? Even my dad, I'm like, Dad, you got to watch Pan's Labyrinth with me. He's like, I love that movie. I love Jennifer Connelly. I'm like, no, this isn't that. <laughs> so one, I... one person's brought it up to you. <laughs> no, no, another person. Yeah. <laughs> Skunk. Well, this right. is what? Pan's Labyrinth from 2006, again, written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. In the phalanges Spain of 1944, the bookish young stepdaughter of a sadistic army officer escapes into an eerie but captivating fantasy world. I hope I'm saying that right, phalanges? Fellatio? Phalanges? It was their, like, political ideology. Like, they're, they were, like, what, like, it was, like, fascist Spain, I guess. Philanthropes? Philistines? I don't know. Whatever they were. I was uh I didn't pay too too much attention to that part of it. I'll tell you what though, Del Toro, he his backdrop is war in like every movie, no? Isn't there always war or Nazis or something involved in every every film? As a Not backdrop, maybe I don't know about every film. I, I I'm exaggerating, but in in plenty of films he has Yeah, it is a central theme in a lot of his films. Yeah, I guess guess he's into it. I mean, it makes sense, especially in this one because this is, you know, I think this hits home with him. This, I mean, I'm just like, I mean, I'm just gonna go out there and say it right from the start. Whether it's, of course, it's spoilerish for for my ratings, but to me, this is his masterpiece. I agree, sir. <laughs> this is this is his masterpiece, and I, uh, you know, from a, a musical standpoint, from the score to the visuals to the characters to every aspect of this movie, 
it is perfect or near perfect. Yeah, yeah it's flawless. You. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's my favorite Del Toro. Uh, oh, I was going to ask you earlier, unless it was going to spoil something, if, if what was your favorite? And yeah, this one in A Shape of Water for me. I just I love both. A Shape of Water to me is just a love of movie making. I got to be honest. I never I, I, I realized I hadn't finished this movie before. It's another really? one of those oh, wow. movies I thought I had. I actually had said I watched it and everything else, but then when I when I watched it for this show, I I realized I must have fallen asleep or never saw the the last act of the movie. And wow, so this was a treat for me because nice. the ending was was um, something that I if I did see it, I didn't remember it at all. So I I actually believe that I never did finish this movie, and it was amazing. And what wouldn't something we didn't bring up earlier that you when you were doing the credits for it he writes his movies too or he's part of the process yeah and and that's amazing like that 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 shows even more talent yeah he do, he does everything i mean he it, writes directs produces pretty much all his films he's these are truly his films this is a dark fairy tale so yeah you could argue it's not maybe traditional horror but like every fairy tale there's horrific elements there and there, there's monsters, human monsters. There's monster monsters in this movie. I mean, it, like that guy is an absolute freaking prick. Oh, yeah, yeah, you you forget. It's been a while since I've seen it, but you forget how evil Captain Vidal is. He is one of the worst uh, horror villains I've ever seen, or or villains. Period. You know whether or yeah. not you consider it a horror, but. But man, I'm on board with the fairy tale aspect just from the, the narration of the story of the princess from the very beginning and her seeing, you know, the it looks like a like a walking stick praying mantis, but she refers to it as a fairy. And uh it just it's it's stunning and just poetic and beautiful and haunting and tragic and uplifting and sad and every emotion possible in this film. I didn't get the I obviously Based on what I said, I didn't see this in the theater, and that, that's one thing I wish I could go back and, and, and check this out in the theater. Yeah, I got to see it in the theater, and I was surprised because it was this was the year it was nominated for Best uh, Foreign Language Film, and it actually didn't win, which is a big upset. It didn't win the, uh, the Oscar. I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but it, it's such a fantastic film. Yeah, but and, what could uh, have possibly beaten this that year? <laughs> uh, it was a film called The Lives of Others, which happens to be a terrific film also. It stars the lead actor from the original Funny Games. Oh, I don't really? know. It sounds like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's bullshit that this didn't win. I mean, this deserves so much recognition, and, you know, of course it does have that, but but the other film is pretty good. <laughs> well, I think that uh, after I finished watching the movies, I told my wife that I think, uh, Shape of Water. Now, now I must confess, I've only seen Shape of Water once, and it was on my computer, and I haven't watched it in my home with my system, and I'm blue, and maybe that'll change my opinion. And it's all about Second View, Dave. So I might recant this later. But when I finished watching these three movies, I said, I'll tell you right now, uh, I think the two of these movies are better than Shape of Water. That's what I said. Well, um, I, I still haven't seen Shape of Water. I feel guilty for that. I still haven't seen it, but. Uh... It's it's on the short list. Yeah. I, I I love it, but this this definitely um, this definitely was just amazing, an amazing experience. Yeah. And and again, it, from a historical standpoint, I know we kind of touched upon it, but to go from Hellboy to then go back to make a foreign language film, what was the reasoning for that? Just because he he wanted to go back and make a movie for him? 
Or was he not granted? Well, this one, I mean, this one takes place in Spain. This is dealing with their war at the time. Yeah, but, but the, so he filmed it in Spanish, like, but that's what I think. Just it's, made an American film right before that, so it, it's just. I love the fact he did it, but it, it's surprising to me that he went back to film it in, in Spanish, yeah, and not an English film. Well, maybe because... maybe because Hellboy didn't do as as amazing as they thought it would at the box office. Maybe he's just like, you know what, I'm going to go back and uh, go back to my roots and. Yeah, well, that's that's what I want to know. Like that's that that's interesting to me. But it works. I mean, it, it's amazing. Like, I would have hated, like, because they probably would have, like, done something where it, it was either with just accents or subtitled for a certain portion and then went into yeah. English for whatever. So it works. And the way the story unfolds is fantastic. Yeah. And one thing, again, what he does, which having having such huge uh, set pieces and so many characters, is he writes his characters so well. Nobody feels like filler. There's there's development even in the smallest characters. I, I think specifically of the scene with the uh, with the farmers who are captured. Yeah. I mean that's a, that's a horrific oh. scene and and uh, I mean you connect with those characters just in in literally like three sentences that they have of dialogue in the whole movie and then of course the realization afterwards when he finds the rabbit and realizes that they were telling the truth they were just out there hunting for for food and it's just brutal but but you know it's so it's so important to uh to showcase just just how evil this this character is and seeing the gore was phenomenal when he smashed the shit out of his face oh yeah that was great so i said he's not afraid to show it doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, like a fairy tale-esque like it's dark and that that's what he he says it's important to his story and to show the monster that this guy is uh, yeah. And and to follow it up with like like scenes that are absolutely terrifying, with that creature that gets off that table and starts falling her back, and she has to draw the chalk outlined to to escape from that rune room yeah. again. Th- that's a scary scene. Damn straight, <laughs> and so creative. Just just that little thing, just to put the eyes in the hands and have them yeah. hold the hands up. Like that's yeah. it's so cool. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, and that's so a Doug Jones, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. is it? Now? Yeah, that's Doug Jones too. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was and, Dave Parker. Why? Because it was naked? Mr. Parker. Mrs. Parker. I'm pissed off at her, though, for eating those grapes. You dumb son of a bitch. Oh, How many times? She Don't said... eat the grapes. He said, under any circumstances, absolutely do not touch the food. She couldn't freaking hold it for a second. Don't eat those two freaking two grapes. Look Dude, what did you see the size of those shit. grapes? I would have eaten one, too. Those things were like softballs. And it's yeah, not like she knew the fairies for that long. Yeah, and that's a great thing they do throughout the movie is she really, she really doesn't uh, – she trusts them, but she's still skeptical. Skeptical, And that's another great thing throughout the film. You really don't know, unless you've obviously seen the film before, whether or not the fawn is good-intentioned or not. When well, they all well of a sudden – dude, all of a sudden in that one scene, like when you first meet the fawn, I buy it hook, line, and sinker. Then later on – there's like a questionable moment and then you see a look and then you see that he laughs a certain way. And all of a sudden from that moment on, he finds a way to, to turn that character on its ass. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, is this, is this evil intentions? This is the third time I saw this movie and you'd think I would have known by now, but they've been too spaced out. So I'm watching, I'm like, hmm. And I remember something crazy happened at the end, but as I'm watching, I'm like, Wait a minute. Now I'm looking at this thing, and it's like a trick that I think he does 
then it works. Where I'm looking at this phone and I'm like, maybe the intentions. I mean, she's totally believing this thing. How does she know what's going on here? Then you see about the baby and what what's that? He doesn't answer the question about the baby. And then there's the knife later. I just like, okay, I don't know. But I, I had me questioning that character yeah. in the beginning. I didn't question it whatsoever. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Initially, initially you don't. Initially but, you don't. But then you're thinking it got turned into a fairy because she willed it into that. Like, yeah. It was really a praying mantis, which, you know, it's kind of an ugly insect. But then she's thinking, are you a fairy? Then it turns into a fairy. So if these are malicious creatures, that's just like another skill they can have to take on the form of something that she would be into. So that it got it got me thinking. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Is there, is there evil intent going on here? What's going on? But then, of course, you know, later on when she, when she does the thing and she eats the grapes and we find out what happens, I'm like, okay. I, I don't think that there's anything, you know, going on here except the obvious. But And then I have a whole other theory that I'll get into later. But how about drawing the freaking – you think that was a nod to Beetlejuice <laughs> with the chalkboard? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I totally thought it. In case of emergency, draw a door. And didn't they use chalk and, and Beetlejuice when they did They it? did, but yeah. she, didn't, she didn't draw the knob. This is true. <laughs> I saw a picture of you. Uh, the oh, <laughs> Ram. I love how we have like that's his name, Ram. Ram. Man. You say Ram, this is your Watson, favorite. Ram Watson, Wazell. You know, yeah. you got all the nicknames, right? <laughs> you say this is your favorite. What makes it your favorite? Oh, it's just so beautiful to look at it, and there's so many little nuances. Like for instance, the fawn. Uh, did you notice that every time he appears? He's um, slightly younger and cleaner. Really? I did not yeah. notice that. I yeah, when you when you first see him, he's very mossy, uh, like if he's been trapped there for eons. And then his next appearance, he's uh, cleaned up more. And then by his final appearance, you know, he's like in his full form, I guess. I guess his uh, full strength, full youth. Wow. And he gets more, yeah, he gets more deceitful each time you see him too. Right, yeah. That's cool. Wow. That is cool. Damn. So have you watched this a lot? You know, actually, I kind of try to save it. I've maybe seen it like five times in my life. Yeah. Nice. But uh, yeah, after this most recent view, I just fell in love with it even more. I might end up watching it like every year now. I think my son would love it. But because of the subtitles, I want like, he'll have to be a little bit older just from uh, for him to keep up and read it. I think he'll absolutely love it because he loves he loves scary movies but he also loves like like i said with that fairy tale asking with the the girl being like a main character and without like i mean it's a little vicious he's still a little young but so i'll wait for him to be a bit older as well because what that guy does with the beating of those guys and whatever it's pretty brutal mm-hmm. but, but she's i mean she's so fantastic in the lead oh. the, the actress who plays ophelia i mean she just she's she, I don't want to say she steals the movie because there's so many great performances in it, but she steals the movie. <laughs> she wins you Especially over for a child actor. Yeah, yeah she's, she's terrific. Not precocious I mean, at all. Like you, you, She wins you over. But everybody does in this. Like, he, he's a dick, but it, it's, it's how he does it, too. Like, he's such a... Like, when he's talking about the torture techniques he's going to use yeah. in progression to yeah, get the man. answers that he wants, like, you're just like, oh, my God, that's... Just brutal. So many uh, great characters with Mercedes. You oh, the know, woman, uh, the woman you, you get that kick-ass woman moment. Yeah. Too, like she, I just wish she's got him deeper, right? Like when she cuts him. 
Yeah, yeah that's, the only, that's the only children. thing I always question. It's like, why didn't she kill him? That's what I said. But, yeah. Yeah, but but I love the way she says, "You better not touch that girl." And you know, then she leaves. You know, she's uh, her brother's in the resistance. The scene with the uh, with the other guy from the resistance who stutters. Oh man, oh. that scene is just brutal. Yes, it is. And and probably one of the saddest scenes up until the the climax of the film is hands down the uh, the doctor. Mm, this, yeah. this, the scene with yeah. the doctor is just it, it's it's magnificent i love the exchange of dialogue i love the, what he says and i love yes. the, i love his actions right after the way he just walks yeah just, man i love that scene yeah it feels I mean, like I, a western yeah it is, does is he like it's shot just in the back or does he get shot through the face not through the back okay is this That's the movie that someone gets it. shot through the face there's one one movie that we watched that someone gets shot through the face too it was brutal uh, it must have been this movie. Yeah, uh, what's his name? The, the captain gets shot in the face at the end. Okay, that's, yeah. How about the yeah. slice in the face? That was fucking, Ooh. that was great, that freaking slice. And then he's, oh, man. And she stitches oh. it up. Like, just, I get yes. Oh, oh. Yeah, that shows how relentless he is. When he's just looking he just stitches the... it up, starts it, drinking it's, again. It's such oh, a, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, when he takes a drink and the blood soaks through the bandage. Oof. But the way she she escapes and they hunt her down. I mean, it's such a great moment because you know she she finally just like tears them apart with that knife, and it's great. You're cheering for it. Then she escapes and uh, they catch up to her, and you think, oh no, they're gonna kill her. And then the great. resistance shows up, and you're just yep. like, fuck yeah, <laughs> like this is fantastic. Yeah, man. Oh, that was great. Damn. And the blood, the innocent blood that spilt at the oh, end. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> like. Absolutely brilliant. Especially since they do things that traditionally, or let's not say traditionally, but that it becomes sort of a trope that we say that maybe we've shied away from or we don't like where they show some of the end scene at the beginning. The tour does that a little bit here because you see her at the beginning, right? And it's then the narration. Yeah, yeah. And then we're not like, and it reverses. The blood goes back up into her, her mouth, her nose, and then the story begins. And we're taking, so we kind of wonder how we're going to get there. So they give you that hint. For whatever reason, it doesn't seem tired or played out like we've been talking about in some of these other movies. No, it works here. And I love yeah. the the idea of the three tasks and how they build. And ultimately, that final task is sort of like a like a, a, a trick. You know, like yeah. not a trick, but it's 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 a brain teaser. <laughs> and she uh, she displayed throughout the whole film that she she knew the right choices to make. And she ultimately does again in the end. Because even on that uh, second task, when she's going to retrieve the dagger, the fairy looks through the keyhole and tells her this one. And she's yeah. just like, and she's like, no, it's this one. Yep. It's just like her intuition. She knows it's the other one. And yeah, it was her, it was like, uh, almost like her destiny. That was yeah, exactly. meant to be. Exactly. I love those fairies. The way they motion all the time with their hands. Like, come here. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. Something about the look of the fairies. I love it. And the way they move around makes me laugh. You know? They, they, they kind of remind me of Tinkerbell a little bit. Like, yeah. When, you know, and they're bugging out a couple times. No, like, moving <laughs> their hands. Don't do it. Don't do it. Or they use their hands. Come here. Come here. I love that shit. <laughs> but one that's too get eaten. I'm like, oh, uh, I tell you. They were trying. They were trying so hard. They're pushing their, oh, their hands yeah. up against them. Like, trying. Like, ah, no. And he's oh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, that was sad. Oh, I never thought I'd be so sad for freaking CGI fairies. Yeah, and Ophelia is <laughs> very, was. like, she's not nonchalant, but she's very secretive about telling the fawn. She's, like, kind of messed up, and she just hands him the, uh, yeah. The, oh. the, yeah, the container that only, and he opens it up, and only one comes out. Oh, no. Like, and the other sorry. one tells him. Yeah. It instantly rats him out. Oh, oh. That rats her out. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Have you, have you guys. Gets. 
Have you guys heard the theory that um, the fawn is the tall man? Or tall man, the pale man? <laughs> the oh. fawn is the pale man. The yeah, guy, they're the, the guy, same. The same creature? They're, uh, yeah, the same creature. Because the, at the, the end. The eye guy? Yeah. Because okay. at the end, uh, the fairy, all three fairies are there with Ophelia in, uh, in the afterlife. So there, uh, some people assume that that means it was all just a trick. Well, it's her parents. It's, yeah. it's her parents at the end, and uh, and and that is the, the same mother, Carmen. It just looks different, different color hair, and then it's him, the fawn, right? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. Kingdom the thing. Oh yeah, there were three fairies. Hmm. I got a lot of head. No head, but. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own theory about this this whole film, actually. But uh, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Do you guys think? That the cooks knew. Um, cause remember, she kept sneaking that knife when she was with the cooks. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes, do you think they knew that she was doing that and what she was up to, or that they just didn't pay any attention to it? You know, I wasn't sure because it kind of looked like they they kind of knew what was going on, but I don't yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm yeah, not 100 percent sure, but it it did kind of look because she was very uh, she wasn't very secretive about grabbing the knife every time and rolling it up in her uh, in her apron or whatever. Yeah, I wasn't sure about what that what was going on with that. If they were trying to make it look like they they were in on it or or not. Not that it's really important to the plot. It was just something because she did it three times and she was obviously hiding it, but it didn't look like she was trying to hide it to anybody else. You know what I mean? Obviously to the captain and you know those people. But when she did it, she did. She wasn't all that discreet about it. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if they're aware of uh, you know the resistance and everything that's happening here and her role in it. You know. Just something I thought about, you know? What's that noise? Weird. It's like a... a well, whatever. It, it, it's past. <laughs> <laughs> I like the colors, especially towards the end. You have, like, the bright blood and the freaking... I guess, like, the pale blue colors, like the dreary mm. look of it. But it's all done... It looks great. I mean, I'm saying pale, but it's done with, you know, the intent, the contrast between the, you know, the dull and, and the bright. And, man, such good stuff. It's such a good look of, of, of film here. Here's my theory. Maybe this entire thing is in Ophelia's head. None of this happened. Why are you saying that? Like, you just think it's well, I'll tell imagination? You yes, because all of it can be passed off. Every scene can be passed uh, off as something else. Uh, she's an unreliable narrator. She's obsessed with fairies and books and storytelling and everything else. There's nothing. You, you can look at it from a different perspective that she just imagined this entire thing as like escapism for what was happening in her for life. life. Yeah. Yes. Why not? Yeah. She's a little kid. Even at the end when she's laying there dying or maybe not dying or whatever, she's almost like imagining seeing, um, you know, this afterlife with, with her parents and, and the fairies and the fawn and whatever. And she's there, she's still alive and she's smiling, looking at it. And then you see her, succumb yeah she's smiling Um, she's smiling looking up at her parents on the throne but there's there's nothing there she's still you know in this horrid landscape just just bleeding out yes and when the captain sees her talking to the pant to the yeah there's nothing there the fawn yes there's nothing there when she's talking to the fawn and i was thinking there was one instance where you could question it but it was the the root thing the root yeah with the mother that's just a dried up root right so like when the guy comes in the room she could have just overcome the sickness on her own because in medical science things do happen unexplained so she just could have gotten better and recovered her own way but in her mind it's because of this but maybe it's just a dried up root in milk 
And maybe when he, he catches her and takes it and the mother throws it in the fire, only she's seeing that freaking thing burn. Yeah. And then on top of it, she gets up and she starts yelling at her daughter. And that would cause her to miscarry because she's stressed out yelling and it, at that moment. So just about every situation, and then I'll take it one step further towards the end when the captain is chasing her and they go in that tunnel and she disappears into that thing, the bricks spread out and she goes. Mm-hmm. If you, you could be seeing that from the captain's point of view who's doped up at the time, what, what, yeah. stumbling around and everything else. So that's just a theory I thought I'd throw out and if anybody bought it. I 150,000% agree with everything you just said nice i agree with it i didn't think of it at the time it's not i didn't think of it i i I guess i took it more face value because i was so shocked that i was like i don't think i saw the end of this movie when i was watching it so i I, but now that you're uh, how you described it i could totally buy into it as a theory yeah as a theory i'm not saying it's a a sure thing i'm just saying it's another way to look at the film i always always felt that was it Oh yeah, I've uh, I've definitely heard that before, and yeah, I can buy it. Uh, however, as far as the general or the, the captain not being able to see the fawn, I think that has more to do with the fact that um, he's such a wicked character. Heaven wasn't meant for him, anyways, so he can't see anything that's good or pure in the universe. Only uh, Ophelia can because that's her destiny. Uh, but yeah. as far as the other stuff goes it's kind of hard to explain away it could just be magic or it could just be mental illness yeah i, I yeah. like that though I like i'm the, u- I'm usually down with the mental illness thing i just thought it was uh like, like dave said like just that that childlike wonder and the ability for her to just escape during this 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 horrid time and uh you know it was it was beautiful and i i'd like to think that even though she, you know she obviously you know her her ultimate fate that she is in this ideal version of, of her own heaven but right <laughs> but i do believe it was all her a coping mechanism wow i think here's i think that it did happen <laughs> and I, I wish i could think that it was all in her head it's a theory i had but i i think it works better if it isn't even though the horror movie ending would be that it was all in her head i i think i enjoy the film more knowing or thinking that it was all that stuff really happened to her. Oh now yeah, I mean that, that's that, that's the best way to view it, because, especially yeah. given given how it ends. You want right. it to, to be real, and I do <laughs> believe it is real. I like what the Ram Man says about you know the captain not being able to see evil. So I love the fact that there are multiple interpretations of this, but ultimately, you know, it, it's it's good versus evil and, and good triumphs, and um, and I think in the end. Even though it's a it's a tragic end, she's in in a good place. Like you said, Dave, like like we've all been saying, um, every fantasy scene in this film, nobody else is privy to it except uh, except Ophelia. Yeah. Not even Mercedes. Not even you know any her mother. You know the root is just a root when the captain's holding it. You see that. And when it's in the fire, it's through the perspective of Ophelia's eyes. And that's why she sees it as a little growing entity that's yeah. burning. And, of course, the mother getting better. The doctor even said she just needs rest. And she had been resting. So it makes sense she would recover. And it would make sense that she could get sick again. I mean, these are, you know, this is back in the 40s. You know, she, she... Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. But, you know, I wanted her to have a good good ending because... But I, do, I do believe no know. matter what, I always feel like like that that is her heaven at the end, that she is with her, her family. I was a little confused because the mother is holding a baby on the throne. Well, let me think about this. The baby is her baby. But the baby's still alive. Oh, yeah, you're right. The but I guess in her ideal of heaven, like, everyone's there with her. So yeah. even, though, even though the baby lives and the baby goes with Mercedes and the resistance and you just feel like, you know, they're going to rise up, keep fighting and eventually prevail. It's still like she's she's with the, the, the people she loves the most. And that's her parents and her brother, who she ultimately sacrifices her life for in her fantasy world. True. And that one scene where uh, where the captain looks at the watch, you know, and it's reminiscent of that story that he heard that his father had smashed his watch to know yep. the exact time of his death. And he looks at his watch and then he looks up awesome. and he says, and he says to, to them, just tell my son. And right there, she says, no, he won't even know your name. Yeah. Boom. Yep. I love ah! it. Yeah. My God, there's just so yeah, many amazing. moments, so oh, many hair raising yes. moments in this film. So yep. I was just about to say that you brought that up. It's <laughs> Me great. too. We were all waiting to say because it was that good. <laughs> this, <laughs> that movie, this movie is full of those moments. I won't even it's know just, your name. It's just, it's just a great line. Yeah, it's so yep. great and so fitting for him because because killing him wasn't enough. You needed something like she she's not she's not just killing him. She's erasing him. <laughs> right. And that's, yeah. And that's just, she crushed his spirit before yeah, she killed him. Exactly. She yeah. She just absolutely destroyed him. Yeah, because that was his whole gimmick. All he wanted to do was have his name passed on. He didn't even care about dying. He was just like, yeah. even later on, even earlier on when there was a battle, he's like, this is the only honorable way to die. He, yeah. he, he, was, he, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. I, I can't call him a coward in that respect that he was afraid to go out there and fight. He was like, if I die out there, I die. It's an honorable way to die. I don't care. He wasn't like, you know, he was urging people to go fight. And he had many bad traits about him, but he did not. All he cared about was having that, that his name carried on with that boy. And yeah. he was so convinced it was a son. Lucky for him at the time. That it ended up having been a boy. I was watching the film, like, and I'm, I'm telling my wife, I go, I don't think back in those days they would they they would know that. <laughs> they didn't have sonograms. They didn't even yeah, like yeah. That. He was carrying around his little sonogram picture. Right. <laughs> He's like, look, look at the size of that dong. That's my son. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so sure he got lucky. He, no, he even was... says he's when he tells the doctor, and Ophelia yeah. hears, and if it's you know you know save the baby, if it's you know a choice between the, oh, the mother yeah. and the child. Oh my God. Yeah, just the the worst the worst human being ever in a film, right he up was, there. He was bad. He was, right up yeah. there, it's just absolutely atrocious. Yep. Yeah, he was bad. Uh, what about the toad? Did you guys? Oh, did you guys like that? Yeah, job of the job of the toad. Yes. <laughs> I, love, I love the scene with the toad. It was great, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was coaches. cool. Yes. <laughs> and it freaking spits that stuff out first it, it belches yeah. it or whatever the hell it does and then it spits yeah, just, out the thing and the keys there might be something you'd see in like a video game at the end of a round yeah you know? it threw up all the all the bugs it had eaten <laughs> you know at the end of a stage after you beat yeah, the guy yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. you think right. i got a key you know <laughs> that was cool that whole scene was cool we're crawling around <laughs> around a stage even yeah. even the cgi cockroaches in that look cool they did. I they actually did, it. yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would have been able to complete that first task. I would have been like, nope. <laughs> Look at the size of these bastards. I'm out of here. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Sorry, Fawn. Yeah, they, they were nasty, man. Jeez. Yeah, what a brave girl, huh? Yeah. But damn, those freaking grapes, I tell you. Oh, I was pissed Still off. Oh, come it. on. Yeah. Come on. If they were little puny, like, green grapes, then I could understand you getting mad. But those things were, like, magical 
fantasy grapes. Those things were enormous. So I was oh. like, I was like, I don't blame you for taking a few. Oh, I plus, was... plus his eyes were on the plate. She, she was, she's a child. Of course, child, children are going to give in to some temptation. Uh, yeah, well, lucky she wasn't a few years older because if that were if that were the the case, I would I would have called her horophilia. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, named after the site. Come on, horror know, film. Come on, I gotta give us a shout, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what a film. Damn it. I, I've seen this three times. It just keeps getting better. I, I, I really enjoy the hell out of it. Well, I'm interested to hear. Okay, Ram, you have to go first. Is there anything else you want to add to the review? Final thoughts, uh, Jerry Springer esque? <laughs> right, no. Just a, it's a beautiful film, you know, Del Toro's best, I think. I don't think he'll ever do anything better than this. And uh, as far as rating, yeah, it's a 10 for me. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Nice. A tenner. Damn. Full head I... explosion. <laughs> nice. Full head explosion. Nice. We that haven't is... been doing head ratings in a long time. You know why? Because we haven't we've done, done anything new. new. Yeah, yeah, we haven't done any new ones, yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, you know what? I just I just saw right out there. I'm right there with the Ram Man. It's, to me, it's it's his masterpiece. And even even making the comment that he'll never do anything like this again, doesn't mean he's not going to put out fantastic films. It's just that this film is so perfect in just every way. And 10 out of 10 for me as well. It's wow. awesome. Yeah. Wow. I've watched this again. I'm going to have to watch it again. It can, and I think I will get an appreciation for it. The Shape of Water, I've rated a 10. And then this one, I'm going to give a nine and a half. Nice. And I, and I, nice. Feel, like, and I feel like that will go to a 10. Nice. Wow, this is weird. This is the first movie that I'm actually going to give this... <laughs> this rating to on, on this show but oh no he's doing i know what he's giving it oh no what do you think i'm giving it i think you're giving it a 9.75 that's what i thought i'm giving it a 9.25 uh, 9.25 interesting yep. I, th- I thought we had a couple of 9.25s i don't think i've ever had a 9.25 okay. i think it's the this movie gets the distinction of that I, I i don't know why it can't be a 9.5 there was just something I don't know. Uh, again, it's I, the grapes is still bothering you. It all came down to produce. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yes, produce brought us to this. Yes, <laughs> but either way, it's it's in the Hall of Fame, and so. it, and it deserves it. And you know what scares me is that if the Ram Man wasn't here right now, it would have missed the Hall of Fame by point two five. Oh, I would have been ashamed of it. And I would have been begging you to just go rewatch it right now and find an extra .25 to give this film. See? The Ram Man saves the day. There you go. Save the day again. See? Nice. There you no, go. it would have been in. It would, it would have been 28. Over 28. Yeah, we were both over 9. Yeah. You had a 10 and we each had 9. I, I had 9.5. And I oh, had yeah, 9.25. Right. Oh, Oh, well, oh, Ram Man oh. did nothing then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he solidified it for, for good, but yeah, no, it would have. He gave it. it the right rating. Yeah, I feel better now with my, my, my 9.25. I wouldn't have not left, left it out. Cool. All right, well, let's get on with it. One more to go, and then we get out of here. So. Crimson Peak, written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Also written by Matthew Robbins. In the aftermath of a family tragedy, an inspiring author is torn between love for her childhood friend and the temptation of a mysterious outsider. Trying to escape the ghost of her past, she is swept away to a house that breathes, bleeds, and remembers. And this is from 2015. 2015? Yeah. Yeah, it was our first, uh, our first uh, what do you call it? Because it was Christian's number one our first year. Yeah, I remember that. And That's right. Fun. I still remember that. Yep. Response was this number two, right? Yep. 
And what was Goosebumps was not my number two, you fucking It was prick. Some, some kid movie. <laughs> hey, Goosebumps is a great film. Hey, it was, so it I, was. No, I still, I still anyway. haven't seen the Goosebumps, but I, I love the show, so I got to watch those too. I'm curious. It was Brandon's number one film. Pardon me. It was not Grimsby. It was <laughs> Christian's <laughs> number one film that year. Did you give it a 10 out of 10 that year? No, 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 no. I gave it an. I believe I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, I okay. think. Yeah, I think yeah. gave it. I'm yeah. curious to see where 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 it goes this time around because let me ask you this: Have you watched it since you gave it your number one film of that year? I've watched it two times. Well, one oh, more okay. time, I, I, one time after that, and then one time. Uh, sorry for tonight. Excuse me. <laughs> okay, no, it's okay. Right on. Okay, just making sure. I, I was hoping that you hadn't watched it until now. And I'm, I'm you, trying to think if I've watched it a fourth time because I watched it. Oh, I think I watched it. Yeah, it's it, it. I think I did watch it with my wife too. So I think it's been this four times in total. Nice. This uh, is only this, my second time. Yeah, me too. And I, I same mean, here. I just, yeah, I want to ask you, uh, Raymond, why? Uh, like, I mean, I totally get like if you're doing a Del Toro show, why somebody would pick Hellboy and uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Was there a reason for Crimson Peak in particular versus like any of his other stuff? Yeah, I thought it was. Um kind of interesting because I heard that this is actually del Toro's favorite film that he's done. Oh, wow. So yeah, I, I did not know that. That's yeah. I've heard him quoted as saying that. I mean, I don't know if that's changed since shape of water, but mm-hmm. you know, when that came out, I was kind of thrown back like what? Like, you know, because I obviously pan's labyrinth, Hellboy, those are all great films too. Yeah. And to see, see this one. So, um, held in high regard, you know, I'm like, Oh, we got to talk about that for sure. <laughs> No, that's cool. I'm looking forward to talking about this because I'll be honest, the first time I saw it, I wasn't super high on it. Everything about it screams Del Toro. You know, it's beautiful. Um, the, the setting, the performances are terrific. But I just, maybe because this was a much bigger budget film, it's got really well-known names in it who have, you know, gone on to become star, stars and superstars. And uh, I just didn't connect with the characters as much in this one. I don't know why. It's just for some reason. I, I'm surprised at that. I, I don't have any issue with the characters. I think from a presentation standpoint, it's another gorgeous film. Like I said, mm-hmm. broken record Definitely. all night. It's beautiful throughout. But when they get to that house, cinematography, yeah, it, it, it's just yeah. gorgeous what they get from that. And the, and the monsters com- coming from the shadows. And, and oh, the yeah. Well, I won't it, deny any terrifying. of that. I just... Don't know why, and I have nothing against Edith's character, Mia, however you say her last name, Mia W. <laughs> her performance is terrific. I guess I just wasn't, like, however they ended the story with her character, I wasn't going to be as emotionally invested as I was with, with Ophelia. Yeah, I agree with you. I really don't connect to any character in here uh, either, but um, it's just something I enjoy for the ride, you know? like yeah. Yeah, I, I give. I definitely give it that. This is less metaphor. Uh, I think you're. You're. I. I can agree with that. I actually don't think you're supposed to connect. I think that the sister, there. There is that disconnect. I think that's part of it. But I, I can understand it. If from the characters in Pan's Labyrinth, these ones are not quite as rich. That's Vi- fine. Visually and story wise, I'm all on board. And it sort of hovers between between the movies for me. I don't think it's as per- perfect as A Shape of Water. I don't think it, it, it will be as good as Penn's Labyrinth. I think it sort of remained where I was from a rating standpoint initially, spoiler, but I, I, I do find it kind of in the fun ride category that Hellboy is. Okay. 
Yeah, I can. You know what? If I'm approaching it from that way, I could. I could definitely appreciate it more because that's. You know, that's the only way you could really look at a film like Hellboy. Like, yeah, you like the characters, and of course, you wanna. You wanna see good for the good characters and a you know and a happy ending, but you know well, they're of course their characters aren't even you know like like Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth is just a, you know an emotional roller coaster, whereas Hellboy is like you said a fun superhero type ride and i think with, this is a fun ghost movie it's so yeah exactly okay. it. so they'll take the fun aspect of ghost boy the, the striking visuals that i think are even more impressive than what we've seen yeah. in ghost boy and then i'd scare he said it twice too. yeah i was gonna bring it up the first time and i'm waiting for it's the new exploding heads movie yeah, ghost yeah. boy <laughs> <laughs> And, and now you've got a ghost story is where I was going with it. Like, yeah. so you've got these, it's everything we've loved, but now we've got horrific visuals and probably the, the, the most horror movie of his movies since maybe mimic and, uh, uh, Cronus arguably. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what, what I said earlier when, uh, when I finished watching these movies with my wife, I said that I compared them to, Shape of Water, again, I've only seen it once, so this this could all be taken back after I watch that again. But what I said was that Pan's Labyrinth is a better story than Shape of Water, and Crimson Peak is a better-looking movie than Shape of Water. To me, this is his best-looking movie. I was marveling at it. Granted, again, I watched this with my HD setup on my TV and my sound and the whole nine. And I only watched shape of water on my computer, uh, you know, when it first came out. So it's an unfair comparison to make, but this particular time watching this film, it being my second time, I was marveling at how beautiful it looked and how well it was shot. I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I think it's like, I think they're on like even plateau yeah. now. I think he, they're both gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's just, I mean, it's him. It's just the way he, yeah. he makes films are just stunning. But I got to ask, and this goes for any one of you three can answer this, which character, which film had the better Clay character, Hellboy or Crimson Peak? <laughs> Clay character. <laughs> Is this name Clay? The one, oh, yeah, Clay? Or <laughs> the one called Clay. I, I, are you asking seriously or did you just want to crack the joke? I just wanted to crack okay. a joke. It, it so, didn't hit. It didn't land. You no, know, it's fine. Most of yours don't. It landed on me. <laughs> no, they do. We had the the killer one earlier. That was like, but, yeah. Anyway, that's when he nicknamed himself Grimsby. It's you'll hear. <laughs> yeah, you're that. not supposed to nickname yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You did, and it's sticking. The I will say the Sons of Anarchy guy. Part of me feels like he was miscast. He's good in certain scenes, and and I'm like, oh. Just watching it this time, I felt like he was a little miscast. Miscast, excuse me. You you felt I, like I I don't even know if I could say that more so than I they say underutilized or underdeveloped. Maybe the, okay, maybe that's it. Maybe because that's exactly why. You know, he's, he's ever that he's apparently known Edith his whole life, and he comes from this family that's very like, uh, like highfalutin. Even though she comes from a, a well-known family, but she's looked at in sort of like looked down on in, in these in society almost by uh by the mother but but he still loves her but you know it just doesn't it doesn't feel as real as it is because they didn't really develop or give any exposition or backstory or yeah that's i like seeing him yeah. i like seeing jacks because i'm such a fan of uh you know sons of anarchy and it's good to see him and 
I really liked his character. I guess okay. I don't know. I, I thought about Sons a couple times. Sure, that's that's the only thing I ever seen him in. But I mean, he was the he was the good heart of, of the film. He was the guy that was you know the well. So was the, so was the father because the father he you know yes. just a father protecting his daughter. He had he had a you know a father's intuition from the very get go. He even says there's just something about him I just don't like. Before that's he even true. found before he even found anything out. That's again, true. Yeah, but. She yeah. kind of painted her father in a, in a certain light before we even saw him when she was talking about somebody who uh, – I forgot what she said. She made some type of comment about um, what he was and how he pays everybody else to do things for him or something. She made some type of comment that I thought was, was kind of negative. So I was expecting him to be a little bit – a little arrogant and a little bit um, you know, too highfalutin. And then in the beginning, when you saw the way that the uh, the other socialites treated her, that you know she yeah, was kind of like the outsider. <laughs> yes, and, and that includes her father because they're her people. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying that that's that's the impression I initially got before we even met her father. The way she she said something about him, where I thought he was going to be. Yeah, you know, well, well, he's de- he's definitely more into the social scenes. They she sure. even references after he dies that you know don't touch him. You know, um, he was he was always concerned with his looks. He didn't want to look his age and stuff. And again, talking about the gore that that you guys bring up that Christian yeah. mentioned, uh, him not shying away from it. Whew. Oh, that, that head bashing scene. Oh, it's brutal. That was vicious. It's vicious, and then oh. he lands it, and his head's like missing. Like it's yeah, his head is caved in and <laughs> yeah. gone. And we didn't talk about well, it, part of but in uh, in Crimson Peak, the most uh, not in Crimson Peak. I'm sorry, in Pan's Labyrinth, the most cringeworthy scene was uh, in Ghost Boy, but was uh, <laughs> the leg amputation scene. Just that initial cut that the oh, doctor yeah. makes. Oh my. God. And then it cuts away. Yep. And then it cuts yep. away, but that sound and that, yeah. that split you image. I think you I, see stuff. I don't actually think you'd see anything. I, it's the way it was done. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, like, I cringed after. I was just like, ugh. Yeah, same here. Yeah. And and this one didn't shy away either. What the hell are you doing, Kat? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I will say this. this these ghosts are incredible. These yeah, are the are. coolest looking CG ghosts you yeah. will ever see. They really I'm are. I'm so glad to say that. Uh, you, to hear that? Excuse me. I had to say it. Uh, <laughs> because when I was watching it again this time, I'm like, I wonder what Dave's going to say about the CG in this. For, and I know you mentioned the knife part earlier when we were pre, like talking about every movie <laughs> all at once. But the ghosts specifically. Because I think they're super cool in this. Super oh, cool. <laughs> amazing. Everything about them. The way they look. The way they sound, the way they move, it is that is how you use freaking you know CGI effects. That's so good, and and red ghost and black ghost and just everything the way they're presented until the end when we see the uh, the the regular type ghost when it's what's his name. You know what I mean? That's okay. I guess he's not gonna be uh, you know a hard a hard a, a freaking somebody that's you know that has a role. These people are the other one was warning, and the other ones were trying to get help. You know, and make that their presence known. Yeah. But back to that ghost, the original ghost of her mother. Did the events? Yeah, I guess it would make sense. Okay, I was thinking. I was trying to figure out by the time we got to the end of the movie, if she's getting the warning of Crimson Peak from her mother. Did the events of Crimson Peak happen before that? But they must have because they they had been happening for a long time. 
Well, I'm just talking about the brother and sister with what happened with their mother because that's when it all really kind of, you know, took off for her to have any concern. And then after that, you know, with the other wives. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I get the whole premonition of a ghost and everything else, but if that stuff hadn't happened, if the mother, you know, wasn't found with the um, the knife in her head, then it wouldn't have made sense that, that, you know, she was warned for that if those events hadn't taken place yet. But I'm kind of guessing they must have, right? Because how old could this girl have been? And how, I don't know. I guess it's that important. It just crossed my mind. I was like, well, wait a minute. Let me think of the timeline here. Did, the, did those events even happen when she's giving her the warning? Otherwise, it, it, it's a plot hole. But it's so close, it doesn't even really matter. The timeline. Well, it, yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's been a huge passage of time. I think it's. We're talking. You know what? Like a a, a ten to fifteen year max. That's that's what I yeah. Think. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, like, the dad, we're going back to the story at the beginning. Sorry for jumping back, but with the father calling out the guy, he pretty much calls himself out in his apology. He, he wrote, sneaks that note to her that tell, says, hey, I, I, had to, um, I had to do this sort of for your father. I, I don't think that was an act. I think it was he actually did like her and whatever. It's, and obviously oh, we yeah. realize later it's the sister that's all fucked up. But they do kind of do that where it, it's his silhouette for sure. When you see the 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 guy that smashes the the dad's head in? Oh, not at all. I knew. Yeah, it the, I think it, no, I think it's no, intentionally vague. It's intentionally vague. I think. I knew I it thought, the whole time. Oh well, I okay. You, I, I thought they made it look like it was his silhouette. No, it was too short in the way the hair looked. I, was like, I, oh, yeah. I agree with both of you, and here's why. Because I think they intentionally made it sort of like you know just the height you almost couldn't tell, but just a very slim could be man or woman. And they had just introduced Mr. Holly's character, the one who was uh, investigating the brother and sister for, for the father. So I think they intentionally make it vague, but I think they they intentionally make it vague by showing it being like almost like um Loki's, Thomas Sharp's yeah, uh, yeah. Loki. silhouette. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is him. Almost like it's Thomas Sharp. Like You're immediately supposed to think that, and that's why the whole curveball with the realization of everything that's going on even though he certainly is guilty he's not you know the pure personification of evil here and that's why he's ultimately in the end when you see him as a ghost he's sort of redeemed and he just disappears and is able to move on you know i don't know what his afterlife holds for him but he's he's certainly free you know versus um what's her name what's the sister's name lucille I'll tell you what, it oh. was a little straightforward is my only knock. I guessed a lot of it. I, I had I had a feeling where it was going. I didn't know exactly why. And ultimately, at the end of the movie, I still don't know why. I remember looking at my wife halfway through again and saying, she's the one pulling the strings here. She's the one in charge. She has something over him. I don't know what it is. And we're really never really explained what what she has over him and why he's part of this if he doesn't want to be. But that's all well and good. The only twist to me, honestly, was mm-hmm. the baby, the reveal of the baby. That was the only twist to me. Everything else, when I saw the person in the tub, I knew who it was going to be. When I saw, I didn't know, okay, let me take that back. I didn't know about the succession of wives. I'll take that back. Yeah. But for the most part, I guess the the stuff that was really twisty, that was supposed to be really uh, a swerve or a reveal, didn't. I, I was on board. 
So I guess that you know, and I'm not knocking this film at all. I'm my rating. No, it, high, I'm it, well into it. It does play out pretty straightforward when you yes, get everything, it but it's but it's twisted, and that's I think what saves it is that it's twisted and it's True. twisted not for not for really a particular reason other than that's just their relationship, and like he's almost finally like reached a point where it's like he's he feels guilt for everything and he, he sort of has this this feeling like I, I, I never really wanted all this and uh you know i've been doing it with for you because i love you and uh but you know he goes and falls in love with edith yeah he's yeah. definitely the more human of the two siblings you know he actually feels remorse for what he's done he feels love and you see that lucille is just straight you know she's just a straight psycho throughout this whole film yeah no redeeming qualities whatsoever yeah like cock blocks and and scene with the T. It's obvious. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> There's, but another movie where again, I think he loves this fairy tale esque guy. I think maybe this is what he was talking about before. And again, if that article is written before The Shape of Water, visually again, he one ups himself each time. And this whole ending with the white, the snow, and 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 everything else, it, it's mm-hmm. just it's just great. And it just adds like everybody's dressed in like fairy tale garb. I'll just say, I love using the term garb. We're talking garb. <laughs> the house is great. Yes, sir. And yeah, it's straight, more straightforward. I don't fault it for that necessarily. Uh, maybe there's not as many layers to peel back. There's some story you can read into, but it, it's definitely more simplistic. Yeah, it's a good mystery still. I just had a good idea where it was going to go. And it's not necessarily a knock, I guess, but... I just wish I would have had a little, a little more swerving going. Well, on. I actually appreciate the fact that you know when it is revealed in the end, you know that. I mean, I guess what we have been kind of spoiling these that they are married, Thomas and Lucille. You know, and yeah. she questions, oh, so you're not brother and sister, but they still are, and it's just a sick, incestuous love affair. I don't think they're married. I just think that they do their thing. I don't think there's any marriage or paper or anything like that. She catches them going at it. And then and that's when that happens. And she goes, so I knew it. You guys are, she goes, you guys are married or something. And, and, and you're not brother and sister. And she goes, well, they definitely are, are married because that's the piece of paper that, uh, that the father found is his marriage certificate to Lucille. He just, know, oh, it said Lucille. I thought it was to the other people because he had three wives. So I didn't know which one it was. It no, it, said, it says he's married right now, which means. It Why would he bother Lucille. to marry his sister if he's going to continue to do this charade where he's going to get in another wife and, and then try to take her, right. take her money. That wouldn't make any sense at all. If so, you know what I mean? I didn't think they were married, but if that is part of the plot to me, that that's almost like a slight. Why would you even, why risk doing that? If you, if you, if it's going to, there's no reason to do it. They live together. They make love, whatever they're together. What, what reason is there for they're them to love? <laughs> love while that boy drowned. <laughs> no, you're making me sick against it too because I thought yeah, I don't think it said that at all because then they, they would have had a they would have made a bigger deal of it. It's I'm almost oh God, I'm almost married to his sister. No, Nobody but that's the, but that's the thing. I think the minute the father saw that and the minute you know Edith finds that out, they immediately think, okay, they're not brother and sister. They're playing that charade up. The real twist is that they actually are brother and sister, even though they're married. I, I think that there's brother and sister, and they're doing their thing. But I don't think they ever married. I, I think, think that, yes. I think that, the I, last think that one. I think that marriage certificate was uh, was for them. I now, you think they can legally do that? Th- these two people are going to go into a freaking thing and get a certificate of a brother and sister getting married. I don't think uh, there's nothing for them to benefit by doing it. 
is what I'm saying. If they're, if your scam is to marry other people for their money, why would you for no reason marry your sister? Well, then what it's just going to hurt your freaking scam. What was written on that paper then? I don't remember. I mean, it, it could have been anybody that he was married to. E.S., the last person, the one that lost the baby, or supposedly But E.S. was the mother. I feel like I should know this for how many times I've watched it, but I, I feel like it, it was Lucille's name, but I've got to now... Yeah, I feel like no, it was I'm, Lucille's I mean, And yeah. E.S. was Enola, which was the mother. Now, that, now there you got me. I thought Enola was, the, was the, the third girl, the one that had the baby, or that thought she had the baby that tried to save it, the last one she was married to. The baby, had, the baby was Lucille's. I understand that part, but she tried to save the baby. She she tried to raise it as her own baby. Yeah. What I'm saying is, and, and she was, no, no, no. The one in the tub, the one in that freaking thing in the clay, that was E.S. The mother dead in the bathtub with the thing in her head was the mother. There was two ghosts in the house. There was the one ghost that was the ghost of the mother, and the other ghost was the last wife, the one that he had killed. Oh, wait, you're right. In the tub. Enola, Enola, Enola Scotty. You're right. Yeah, it wasn't. That's what I'm saying. That wasn't the mother. That's who I think is on on the on the marriage certificate. The last person he married to, and he never divorced her because she's dead. You know what I mean? Or maybe because they said that he he had another marriage too. They said at the end she listed all three people off. She goes, "This person, this person, and yes, this person. Those are the three people you've been married to." She she listed them all off. So it could have been any of them people uh, of a marriage certificate. I'm guessing it's the last one, which was yes. I, what do I know? Remember now. We have to go back and look at it, but. That's what I took it as, you know. And the reveal was like that they were that they were brother and sister. Because Brandon's watching that's it right now. That's what's such a shock because she she sees them going at it and she goes, "I knew it. You guys aren't brother and sister." You know what I mean? And then, because in other words, this is a uh, you know you're, you're pulling the wool over my eyes and you two are going at it. And you're just using me for my money. And she goes like, "Oh no, <laughs> that's where you're wrong. We are, and that's the shock. We are brother and sister, and we're going at it." And then she was attempted to kill her. That's what I'm saying. It, wasn't, it had nothing to do with marriage. It just had to do that they had that an incestual affair, and that 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 oh. was it to me. That that's how I took it anyway. Yeah, you know what? Either now way, I'm, now that I'm reading it, it's saying that what the father discovered was Thomas's multiple marriages. Right, right. That he is. But a, that a, almost makes that almost but, makes me question why wouldn't he in, investigated even more? Here's a guy who's been married multiple times. What happened? Where are all these women? That's all he needs to know. What does he care? What is that business of the father? All he knows is, I don't want to do business with this guy. He's a shyster. He's just trying to get money, and he's trying to freaking romanticize my daughter, and he has these multiple wives. That's, that's enough for me to say, get the hell out of here. And Lucille's time in a mental institution. That's right. That was another big reveal. There you go. How about <clears throat> Lucille? Man, I tell you what. When she let her hair down, everything, <laughs> whew, man, what a, I mean, that's another thing. How is this beautiful woman single and always hanging out with her brother? They made it too obvious. Like, this girl is stunning, and she's there always constantly on, on her brother's arm. Everywhere they go, they're together. They live in the house together, the two of them. They travel together like business partners, and she's single all this time. It, you could – as I'm watching this film, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you know what? Again, because I forgot it from the first time I saw it. You know what I mean? So I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, what's it going to be? And I'm like, man, these two – I don't know. The way they talk, they, the way they carry on, they seem awfully close. They seem a little closer than brother and sister. So either they're brother and sister and it's ancestral or it's a freaking – it's a, it's a well, kiss on, on the either lips way, the second you see they it. gave off vibes to me. What's that? No, I said they kissed on the lips like when he greeted her. Like it's pretty much – it was like pretty much right on the lips. Not like a long kiss, but when she came to greet him, they, they pretty much – that's not really how you greet your sister. Right. I don't have a sister. Neither so do I. Don't I. Know. I don't have a sister or a brother. <laughs> 
Well, that's what you do. Well, if he had a brother, you can kiss him. <laughs> what can I tell you? you know? <laughs> Either way. And then it was, she got so mad when they spent the night somewhere else together in that, in that cabin. Remember when they were snowed in? The way she lost her temper. All that stuff was a giveaway. Why would she be that man unless she was a scorned lover? Unless she was jealous of them spending time there. Because, well, he is my husband. You know what I mean? So none of that to me was, was a twist. I was expecting it to happen. But again, I'm not trying to focus on that aspect of the film and say, <laughs> that's what's wrong with the movie. I enjoy the hell out of this movie. Yeah, but even even the revelation that it, even though you see it coming, that that these two are are lovers, the fact that that they are brother and sister, and that's not a scam part, is even more sickening and disturbing and dark. Yes, yes, I agree. It is that this whole scheme is born out of an incestuous love that uh, that blossomed out of murder and then these these schemes that followed to met to marry and and murder the wives to inherit the, this money to keep yes. their to keep their their sick twisted lifestyle going she's almost as bad a character as the captain is in in freaking pan's labyrinth oh definitely you know oh yeah 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 i mean yeah clearly but I wish... she's she's right there cuz she's she's the one who's who's done all the killings because she even says right. to Thomas at the end, you know, are you going to do it this time? Meaning when he, when she hands him the right. knife to kill Alan, you get the impression you understand instantly that he has never actually physically killed anyone. Right. And again, that's, you can see that throughout the film that he does love her and they even question it because he, he confesses his love. And then later on, even after he's even after he does what the father wants him to do, he still professes his love. And then later on, his sister asks him, "Why are you choosing her? You know what I mean? What we just, we, we're going to get our money. Why are you choosing her?" And he doesn't answer. So the signs are there the whole time that he does genuinely love her. Remember how excited he gets when 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 the thing the machine starts working, and then he goes, "Oh, I can't wait to tell Edith." First of all, he shouldn't say that in front of his sister, knowing how how crazy she is and how jealous she's going to be, but he does. And that's what I'm saying. There was nothing. I don't know. There was a couple of decisions made in the plot that I. I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking. I guess. I'm, and it does I'm, happen occasionally with like the ghost story type things to, to kind of make make throw them, us off. Yeah, but I whether right or wrong. But it didn't. But, yeah. but it didn't throw me off. It led me more to believe. Well, this is going to lead to this, and it did. See, I don't know. I feel like uh, Thomas's character. I feel like. Um... He has enough of a sinister look to him, even though his dialogue might suggest otherwise. I still feel like I can't trust him up until the very last moment. But 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 I but I I completely see what you're saying. And, you know, obviously I was, you know, I'm looking at Wikipedia and reading all this and everything you said, and it's all starting to make more sense. And it's yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it's doing to my to my rating of the movie, but I'm just trying to take this all in. It's uh. Well, let me say this. There's something else I really thought was going to happen. This is not a complaint, just an observation. Mm-hmm. She's writing her book, and she says a few times in the first act of this film, the ghost is a metaphor. It's all about um, – it's really the past, and I'm going to throw in a love story because it's kind of like going to be shoehorned in to, to make sales because that's what people like. So I thought by the end of the film that – that art was going to imitate her art, that the ghost was going to be a metaphor and that the love story was going to be shoehorned in. I thought would have, that would have been a clever way to tie everything in at the mm. end. That's, Ultim- that's didn't cool. See- I like yeah. that. I like, that would have been really cool, actually. You know, ultimately, I'm glad the ghosts were real because they were badass ghosts and they made sense and everything. But for the longest time, I'm thinking, how is this going to be the past? Because I was like almost convinced. I'm like, 
okay, she's saying the plot, she's giving the plot away. She's saying the ghost is a metaphor. It's all about her past. And, you know, the love story is just something, it's an afterthought. And I was like, okay, maybe that's where we're going to go. Just one observation. I have that. And what's with the butterflies? That's my last observation. What's with all the butterflies? Why is it? Why are they there? I'm thinking maybe Ram Man has answers to all of this. I don't know. <laughs> if I remember correctly, the butterflies are supposed to show that uh, something beautiful can be dangerous. Because uh, usually when we think of beauty, we think of something weak or timid. And we also see a lot of moths in the film as well. And those are supposed to be, um, uh, since they're ugly, they're considered more vicious. And that's supposed to symbolize with their development as characters. We see, uh, like Lucille, she can be seen as like a butterfly, beautiful but deadly. While her brother is more, um, you know, you would you think that he's a murderer. Uh, but it turns out he's just more passive. Hmm. Yeah. But what is she holding over him that's such a big deal that he would, if he's not into this, why is he doing it? You would think that she had a stranglehold on him for like a reason, like she's hiding some secret that she can get him in trouble, or they, she has some strong powers. They, they, at this one is their secret. Strong love. They yeah. had a love at one point and were in this together, even though yes, he, I get even though he is timid and wasn't doing the killings, he was certainly a part of tricking these women into marrying him and. And then they were bumping them off one by one. So he he's not innocent by any means. He's yeah. just the more passive one who comparatively eventually redeems himself in the end. In terms of the butterflies, I did, I, I can't even remember the whole conversation they had sitting on that lawn. But uh, I know what she said. She said, "Where I come from, there are no butterflies. There's only moss." Oh, okay. But, but I just then at the end, there's a bunch of butterflies all over the place. Unless these aren't butterflies, they were moths. But even if they were there, it's middle of winter. Why would we have butterflies? All I, over I just place? remember thinking the uh, of the look on her face and sort of like the the pitch in her voice when she talks about the other bugs that are on the ground and and mm-hmm. Edith says, "What do they eat?" And she she says butterflies almost with like a, a glee in her in her voice. And uh, then you see them destroying the butterfly, and you almost get a sense that the picturesque beauty of lucille is somehow corrupt in some way and how is this going to play out i could see that i don't know I'm all, my mind is like i'm thinking about this movie crazy now you got me wanting to watch this again now i know right there, there yeah. there's I a like lot the, to unpack the simplistic visual connections of like even just her at the last scene when it pans back into the or, or tracks back into the house the camera and she's there playing the piano as a black ghost at the end as well and that she's doomed there to stay there for eternity. That that's the shit that I like. <laughs> I love that. That's 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 yeah, like, that's that's poetic, poetic justice. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> poetic. It is. And yes, and the, and the contrast of the ghosts of the um, obviously the women who were married to Thomas and the mother who have unfinished business or 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 died horribly and and of course they're more menacing looking and scary looking and you don't know if they're good or evil versus the contrast of like Thomas's ghost where he's you know already at peace and redeemed and he's a white ghost who just sort of uh, disappears so it's it's almost like they're the more they have unfinished business and they and they and they're sort of stuck in this house in limbo they become these like hideous uh hideous hideous creatures well I'm glad you guys both because I remember when I said when, when I first said this as my number one of the year and it wasn't even on either of your lists. I think you're really shocked. It sounds like you have a newfound appreciation. I didn't well. see it at the time. See, 
That's oh, what yeah, I said. I didn't right. see it because it, it came to the theater in December, and I didn't think it was going to be horror enough for me to even be into. So I didn't see it. And then I saw it a few months later. And then I remember coming back to you on the show and saying, "I will tell you this: if I was to watch this before the year ended, it would have it would have made my top ten. Yeah, I didn't see I didn't see it before the year end either. But I I think it would have still just missed out on my top ten. And Krampus also came out that year, or was that the one that, that came out in 2016? Yes. And that was well, the one I missed and said that would have definitely been on my top ten. Right. <laughs> no question. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's our top 10 show of 2005. <laughs> <laughs> was, this, was this on your top 10, Ram? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. 2015 in general was just a great year for horror. Boy, <laughs> it really was. 2015 mm. was the year I had. I remember my top 10 was like my number four was a 10 out of 10. My number two <laughs> was a nine. It, like it was all over the place. Looking I back on it, it was crazy. But it was uh, it was a really strong year. That was like a. Final Girls, Creep, uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, Spring. It Straight out of Compton. <laughs> Straight out of Compton for sure. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Now I just want to know whose name was on that damn marriage license. I don't, I don't think they, they ever show it to us. According, to, it the th- according to this, it's an it's a reveal of Thomas's multiple marriages and Lucille's time in a mental institution, according okay. to what I'm reading here. But I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if I heard something wrong or or in my brain. I just made the assumption that it was a marriage certificate showing that, that the brother and sister were married. But but of course, you're right. It wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for them yeah. to get married. But but she's that crazy that I guess I didn't question it. Like she's that crazy. She'd want to marry her brother. She wants it to be official. Ah, oh, she's great, man. The re- yeah, I mean Jessica Chastain's terrific. I mean these. I mean this is a you know this is a cast of big names, and I'm not gonna say that hurts it because the performances are great. I just maybe it's the time setting that everybody is so um, high society that doesn't strip back enough to like the raw emotions enough. Hey, how- e- even with Edith, it's like it's like you even when she's breaking down, she still seems almost like very prim and proper even if she's being poisoned and tormented it's like it's like let some emotion out you know oh. just just a tiny bit just just what was missing you know like that, I, that you get from like characters in some of the other films particularly pan's labyrinth How about i'll the tell fact you what made this... me wince sorry go ahead, no you go no, no. go go okay all right yeah. what made me wince was that freaking scene at the end with the knife when freaking oh, when she grabs always it. Oh. <laughs> They always have Every parent, time. the movie Parents. Anytime someone gets a knife, grabs it God, with the hands. Uh, Psycho 2. Pulls. Psycho 2, Parents, uh, this. There's another one that I, it's not coming to my mind right now, but yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate yeah. I, that. That scene kills me. Oof. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. I was going to mention. But I appreciate it, you know. Sorry. Uh, what were we going to mention? That, that it takes place in, well, the American stuff takes place in Buffalo. Oh, yes. yeah, that's right. <laughs> my first note, it's in Buffalo. Yeah. I was lo- I was actually yeah. looking for you when it said that. I was yeah. like, where is he? <laughs> Where's Dave? Is Dave there? Dave. Oh, go, that looks better now than it does uh, back then than it does now. <laughs> that's for damn sure, buddy. Yes. <laughs> what the I fuck have... happened? High society in Buffalo? I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? I'm teasing, but no, it was it was really cool. As soon as I said, I'm like, that's awesome. Because nothing Here's breaks place in Buffalo. So that's what why about? Edith had those season tickets to the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw those sitting on her. Uh... It was actually the Butterflies back then. The Buffalo Butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> that was the lacrosse team, actually, back then. <laughs> but here's something else. I have one more question about the movie. This girl was warned about Crimson Peak. Okay, a couple of times. Then 
we get the revelation when he calls it Crimson Peak. Why? And then after when she sees another ghost, why wouldn't she tell him, hey, Crimson Peak, I've been warned about this thing for years. She doesn't say a fucking word about it. Why wouldn't you? If that was you, wouldn't you say, hey, I got to get she out of here. No, she, hears, she goes, what did you say? I thought she said when he when he, she, she hears did. the name Chris, Crimson Peak, she's yes. like, what? Like, yes. Yeah. And he repeats yes. it. And, and he she re- kept it. Yes, but you're missing my point. Oh, she, and she kept it okay. to herself. Why wouldn't you then tell your husband, maybe not that minute, but maybe when more start, shit starts hitting the fan and she says, I want to get out of this house. Why wouldn't you take that opportunity to say, hey, my the ghost of my dead mother has been coming <laughs> at me more than once in my life saying, stay the fuck away from Crimson Peak. And here I am. We got to get that, out. And that's the and that's my issue with the film and particularly with Edith's character is there's no sense of uh, of, of urgency uh, until until the very, very end. And even then, like I said, she just seems to be like eh about it. She seems to just let everything play out. Exactly. Versus being almost like she should have been more of a tormented soul. Just from being haunted by her mother as a child, like she is a tormented soul. Maybe this. But is she, did, but she, but but it plays out more like it. She doesn't. She doesn't come across as a tormented soul. It has to be like twitching. She just. I don't know. There needs to be a greater sense of dread with her character, or a greater sense of uh, sadness and horror. And they're just. I, it's just. It's very uh, even keel with her. And I think it's it's more. I think that's more of the direction, maybe, with 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 some of these characters and and the setting, with it being you know a, a high society, you know, your Our Lady, Lord Edith, and uh, you know Baronet, and all this, you know, with all these titles. I think sometimes those those types of settings take away from stripping down the character to, to his or her raw emotion. Well, this wasn't very. It was critically well received. Actually, very well received. It was not well received from a box office standpoint. Yeah, no, yeah. So maybe, yeah. So maybe a lot of audiences thought the same thing. But I don't dislike it by any means. I'm just saying, like, it, that's your issue. Is, that that's what separates this from being like, well, another masterpiece by uh, Del Toro. So maybe but if you had a connection with with her a bit yeah. more, that would have elevated it to that. Like, don't get me wrong. I was rooting for Edith. I recognized her as a good, pure character, but like. I wanted to see more more of the struggle where it felt like it was just sort of almost very non-struggling. It was like very minimal struggle, it seemed, until like the third and third act and like the final 20 minutes. And it's just like, OK, we're going to end it like this real quick and and you're fine. I don't think they ended it very quick. That whole scene was really well played out. I thought the end. I, I just mean, territory. I just, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, the moment she enters the uh, elevator shaft, that's when it really, really starts to to pick up with her. And that's when she gets the sense of urgency. And, and then, of course, with uh, with Alan and, and the whole showdown in the snow. But it just kind of felt like uh, everything leading up to that point could have been more of a sense of dread and melancholy. It sounds like we're coming down on it a bit, but I'm, I'm really not. No, I'm not. I'm actually, the ratings and I think my ratings I, actually gone up from the first time I saw it because I, I, like I said, I was not super high on this. I think my ratings actually coming up on it. No, that's what we do. I think we talk about it, and sometimes it does sound like we're in a negative territory, but not. I, I feel more, yeah. more like, like I can't. I, I should be able to answer these questions based on the fact that we've I just watched it for the fourth time. But right. 
but oh well, <laughs> I did. <laughs> we know that there's shysters. We know that there's there's a a scam at hand here. That's all I need to know as the viewer. So I don't need the exact particulars on what that note said. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm good enough knowing what I know about the characters and whatever it is, it's no good. And if I'm the father and that's my daughter, I'm going to see the same thing. So it could be any of those things. Yeah. So that, that's not something I need to focus on. The only, I have more, you know, questions about why didn't she bring it up? You know, that she saw the ghost and the other question I had about, you know what I mean? But whatever. And that might be plot conveniences as well. But, yeah. but what about yeah, Milan? No, it's, it's valid. What, what about, about the letter from Milan? Who sent it and what did it say? It was in another language, so we're never privy to that. It comes from a Francesca somebody, by the way. And I see that at the top of the page. And did it seem like they kind of blew that off? Like, what did it say? Was it those recordings that she got from the, from the other person that got killed? The, the ES person? Oh, the recordings she found in the, in the wall. The, uh, the wax, right. the wax but, recordings? Yes, but did the letter tell her about the recordings? Because she opened the letter. Yeah, who sent that? Who's, who did That's what I'm that? saying. And how does she know how to read freaking Italian? Because it what, was in Italian. What, what was the name on the, the letter you said? Francesca, Francesca something. Yes. Francesca Z? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from Buffalo. Yeah, yes, it, yeah from, Buffalo, from Buffalo. And it, it, probably, it probably said, <laughs> why did uh, Angela have a girl's voice at the end of <laughs> Sleepaway Camp? <laughs> Do you know that this my- movie was filmed right around the corner from my house and in Toronto? It was filmed in Hamilton. Dundurn Castle in Hamilton, and then it was filmed in like Toronto and Kingston. I can't believe you told me that. Now I got to take a point off. Who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I had no actually... clue either. I love well, hearing I mean... that stuff, and then it drives me nuts too. I actually That's have cool. it rated as a ten out of ten on IMDb. Funny enough. Oof. I don't know, Ram Man. What do you say? What do you think about all these questions I pulled and about the film in general? Because you yeah. picked this movie. Thinking. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot more quiet on this review because you kind of just mind fucked me with all those <laughs> points you're making. Yeah, Sorry, my, my brain hurts right now. I can't yeah. I can't think straight. <laughs> yeah, I'm legit went down a, uh, about half a point because I'm like, I, I did too. I think. Yeah, I'm not even no. sure I watched this movie. <laughs> well, that's right. That, he made me question me. <laughs> what did I watch? Point. What was I watching last night? Yeah, so, right. I'm Crimson I'm Tide, go back baby. And watch this. With, uh, I was, I was the watching commentary. Crimson Tide. Gene Hackman was in Crimson Peak, right? (laughs) Yeah. So what do you what do you think though? Did Lucille kill the dog? No, she just said, "Come here, you little bitch," and just kind of. I don't think she killed it. Gordon itself threw it in the (laughs) clay. Maybe so. I didn't even think about that. I hope she didn't kill that dog. That dog. That dog was badass surviving on its own for so long out there. Yeah, and then it tried to leave. The best part is at the end of the movie, when when um when they were walking out, when um when Edith was walking out with uh, Doctor Jax, and they were leaving, the dog Doctor, followed them. Doctor Jax, <laughs> Doctor McMichael, whatever the hell his name was, you know. They, it's funny because she wasn't their dog at all; she was their dog. But when they were walking out of the out of the house, the freaking dog was coming with them. She's like, "Yeah, well, that's I'm right." Out. You said the dog was with them at the end, so the dog didn't die. What? I don't remember that. Or are you making that up? No, they, maybe it was an earlier scene when they first tried to escape or something. But I know for a fact, because my wife remarked about it. She said, look, the dog's going with them. 
So I know it did happen. I remember people are listening right now. Did these fuckers watch the film? I, I am so confused. This feels this feels like the uh, Devil's Candy review for me, or like any of the Phantasm reviews. My brain hurts right now. Oh, those Phantasm reviews are classic. You guys um, sounded so mind fucked by the. I, end of the I, I that almost destroyed me. I almost lost my sanity. Awesome. <laughs> I love I love IMDb for this movie. Plot keywords. Ghost, incest, loss of mother, gothic knife. <laughs> Those are usually the things I type in, especially uh, incest and knife. You know, I want to watch. What are you in the mood for? How about incest and knife? Speaking of knives, did you guys realize that in Just Before Dawn, it's like a gigantic steak knife that the killer has? <laughs> did you notice that? I forgot to mention it during no. the review. But... Yeah, it's like a you know a steak knife looks at the, the serrated big knife. That's what this thing was. Instead of being like a machete or, or a sword or a, a straight knife, it's like a freaking. It's like a, someone was eating a giant steak. Yeah, it makes sense. They were probably eating some sort of meat that they had hunted, and then they're like, "All right, let's go out and kill. Bring your yeah. steak knife." <laughs> there you go. They just saw off the deer's head and eat the thing raw. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh. There's, there's still no denying this. That's right. The fact that I'm so confused right now, there's no denying that it is a, uh, it's absolutely a gorgeous film. And oh. Del Toro just, uh, he's brilliant. He just knows how to make these, uh, these visually stunning masterpieces. Even if the film itself isn't necessarily my cup of tea, it's still just a joy to watch. It's great. It yeah. is still a great film. I just have a few questions that. Apparently nobody can answer, so I wasn't the only one. You know, again, for me, this was only my <laughs> second time. The first time was probably, like you said, shortly after the year-end show when uh, in 2015, so it has been a while, and uh, I'll definitely revisit it again. Oh, no question. I just yeah. bought the Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got the, blu- I got the Blu-ray. Did you get the uh, the hour one or the fancy no, one? No, no, just no. No, I, 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 for... I didn't get the fancy one either. I just, I just didn't know if you did. No, I got the, I got it for freaking two fifty at Family Video. No. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Legitimately, yeah, of course not. <laughs> well, the thing is, check it out though. It is legitimately because they are at some point they have a they have a system there where they have different color uh, like dots on there, like like yellow they'll never sell, uh, pink or green dots on there means that they are eligible to be sold for that price. So uh, it's just they just haven't stickered every single movie. You're yet. just speeding up the process. It's true because if, you, <laughs> if I were to put a sticker on a, a movie that was in the uh, the favorite section or the new release section because they have different colors thicker and bring it up, they'll say, "Oh no, this isn't for sale for that price." So basically, I'm just I'm switching the stickers and yeah. choosing this movie instead of this movie. Basically, I hope they're not listening right now. I don't, I, honestly, they're happy to get any freaking money. Let me give a shout out to the family video on Wilshire <laughs> and Forth. So what do you rate this, Rams? Ramsey? <laughs> uh, well, well, before we get to the ratings, I had um, one oh, more shit. question about it. I don't know if you guys can answer this. <laughs> we really can't I answer like anything can't about anything this movie. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, why can Lucille see ghosts at the end when only Edith could throughout the whole film? Oh, she sees her brother, right? Right, yeah. It's a different kind of ghost. ghost. It's a different kind of ghost. He looked different than all the... Well, yeah, it is like a forced ghost. Yes. Look at it. It's like... Look at the way he looks compared to the other... The other ghosts are haunting ghosts. You look at them, they're red, they're black, they're scary, they're doing shit. You know what I mean? He just looks like a transparent version of him, like a regular old-fashioned ghost. Unless he's... That's it. He loved her so much, he's coming back to help her one last time, so she's able, able to see... 
uh, make himself be seen so that she turns, goes to caress him, and then gets clobbered over the head with a shovel. Yes. Oh, that it, was awesome. Yeah. That ghost had an ulterior motive. Yeah. It was trying to distract her, so that ghost was just a Casper. It was coming out to help out um, Edith and say, yeah, I'm going to go there and, and do my thing. friendly cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Officer friendly. Yeah, officer friendly. Friendly cop. Friendly cop. <laughs> <laughs> From Officer Friendly to Ghost Boy. <laughs> Christian wins friendly. the night with the most. <laughs> with stupidity. <laughs> that is great, though. Great. Does that satisfy you? Ray? Yeah, I can buy that. I can yeah. buy that. Cool. I also like the fact that he appeared outside the house, meaning he was free from, from the curse of the house. Aha. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, because well, the... he's a white ghost. He's just a ghost. He's a Casper, as, as <laughs> David. Yeah, he's but a friendly ghost. He's she, she's... Stuck in the house, tingling the ivories for eternity. <laughs> she could tickle my ivory. <laughs> so this girl wow. usually has this girl usually has red hair. Yeah, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Huge yeah. Star. She's a I huge star. I understand that, but I, I've only heard of her because people wanted her to play the role in It Chapter Two. So I'm thinking she was a redhead. Normally, that's why people suggested her. So she now is in it, she is in it, chapter two, right? Yeah, yeah, she is. Did she yeah. get the part. I know that she was recommended. Okay, yeah, no, she has right. the part. Yeah. You know me. I should have watched the trailer. Ten out of ten. No, no, I didn't watch the trailer either, but I knew. Oh, that trailer is great. Yeah, nice. Well, I'll tell you, she looked beautiful as a brunette. So I don't know. I don't know if I does she look better as a redhead? Oh, she's she looks great everywhere. She's beautiful as a yeah. redhead. Yeah, yeah, she's. Yeah, she's a terrific actress. I mean, the whole cast of this film is is really terrific. True. A lot, a lot of uh, big names in here. Absolutely. Uh, pretty much throughout all, all Del Toro's films. That, yeah. You know, yeah. Something else about about the, about the director, you know, good acting, good actors, you know, good performers. So. Yeah, he he, uh, he definitely attracts big names. I mean, his films are high quality. All right. Well, what do you think, there, uh, Ram Man? Now, what do you think? I, I, uh, were you swayed? Did you come up? Did you come down? Are you the same? You know, I think I'm going to watch this with the the commentary just to see if it clears up anything. But from now, I went from an 8.5 to just an 8. And it's, you know, not taking any way, anything away from the film. It's gorgeous. It's, you know, one of Del Toro's best looking films. So it's got to get a high rating just for that alone. Yeah. Right on. I, I told you I stayed at a 9. I was anticlimactic. I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, get swayed. I swayed myself with this conversation <laughs> with everything that we went to. I mean, I had it at a nine, and I think I had it at a nine the first time I saw it as well. But based upon this conversation and how none of us could answer three or four questions, I I, I, I feel remiss not to do anything about it. So I, I'm going to go down a little to an eight and a half. Interesting. I'm uh... – I'm really torn about that letter now. That's the that's the main thing that's bothering me now. Is I have I I remember the scene, but I have no recollection of of anything about about it. So that's really bugging me. I'm uh, you know I don't even remember what I rated it the first time, but I'm in that uh, seven point seven five range right now. Okay. That seven and a half to seven point seven five range, and uh, yeah, that's 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 where I'm comfortable being right now. Right That's on. fair. It, it is beautiful. It is a great film to look at, and there's, it has so many strengths. Yeah. Just a couple tiny plot points that I, that I couldn't figure out, that none of us could figure out. So it is I, a I race, just, I, even, even though it is the better-looking film, probably the yeah. best-looking film of the three we watched, I still had to just come in slightly under um, under Hellboy just because Hellboy was definitely more enjoyable for me. But what would you have rated Ghost Boy? 
goes, but <laughs> I would have rated ten out of ten. Fuck yourself. <laughs> full head explosion. Yeah, full head explosion. <laughs> well, I, I guess we've made it to the end. Ram Man, thank you uh, for selecting these movies. We had some great conversations. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for yeah. your patronage uh, with Patreon. It, it, it's all. <laughs> Very much appreciate it. Hey, it's paid Patreon. Uh, I like a Patreon for with Patreon. Pa- what? <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard sometimes. Why are we fucking dying here tonight? I don't feel good. I think I just had a stroke. <laughs> what? <is this? laughs> Patronage for Patreon. Yeah. That that's... Okay. Wow. I literally cannot speak for a moment. That's okay. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you, you, hey. We get the point. Rain Man knows we love him. And uh, yeah, and, no. Thank you. Yes, I. Absolutely. Second, everything he just said. Thank you so much for all the support, not only with the patronage, but in the group page and just everything. It's just, uh, it's really appreciated. And uh, thank you. I will echo that as well. I, uh, I'm looking forward to doing the Apocalypse trilogy. trilogy. Yeah, and thank you, and thank you for picking solid movies. The patrons for for exploding heads are the Apocalypse. What, what'd you mess the up? Apocalypse, a trilogy. <laughs> Apocalypta? Wasn't that a movie from Mel Gibson? <laughs> Holy the Apocalypta shit. trilogy. No We're doing uh, Apocalypta, The Passion of the Christ, and Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> we'll start with you. With that. <laughs> no, but again, thank you so much. Yeah. It's, this has been great, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much. You know, you guys have been... Uh, a great source of joy throughout the years, you know, like you've gotten me through some rough times and I want to thank you guys for that. You know, after the end of banana laser and skeleton crew, it is, you know, it was kind of like, what's going to happen now. And you guys have filled that hole, that void. And, uh, you know, everything's looking good for the future for you guys. And I can't wait to hear what you guys do and how you guys grow. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's thank touching, you so much, but I can tell, yeah. I can look at these three faces and you said, fill that hole. And I know that everyone, I know, we all wanted I, know I fucked up when I said that. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. It didn't even, it didn't even pop in my head the first time. Well, cause you've well, never filled a hole in your hole. life. Yeah. <laughs> a couple I assholes. Of, I did think of Victor Salva for a sec. <laughs> oh. You're Salva. Salva baiting. Yeah. See? Anyway, no, awesome, man. I'm like, I love that. I love hearing that. It it it, it means a lot because sometimes you're just like, ah, fuck. It gets frustrating. We try to watch a lot of movies. We try to make this interesting. We know we're not for everybody, but we're we still want to keep doing the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Dave and I definitely want to keep doing the show, but we're just you know looking for a new editor. <laughs> the editor. Yeah. Well, well, Watson has that secret project going on. Maybe that you guys are alluding to something. I, you know, I wasn't sure, but like the way he's hyping this person, I'm pretty sure that it's me. I don't remember <laughs> recording it, but he's talking so highly of this person that it, it could only be me. And I thought there's absolutely <laughs> no way it could be. No matter who it is, <laughs> no matter who it is, it's going to be gonna a tremendous be, letdown. It is. It is going to be a letdown because he's really freaking hyping he or she up. Uh, way too much. I'm sure. You know be, what? I'm sure it'll be awesome. I Probably can't, just a can't solo cast. What? Well, unless it's Little Watt, then you can't go wrong with there. This is true. I, I actually prefer if it was Little Watt and the mystery uh, person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, okay, that's our uh, that's our show. That's our Watson we're show. Talking about Watson. You know, <laughs> we love you, Watson. We love all you guys. We love all you other podcasters on the networks that we're associated with. All of our listeners, everybody in our group. 
and yeah, no, no, nothing but love. You know, what a great time we had tonight. Yeah, we did. And next time, show 82. Stay tuned for 1982, the year in horror, plus one. <laughs> yeah, 1982, we're taking it back next show, and uh, too bad it's not going to be 1982 for real, but 2019 has not been too too bad so far. So we'll keep rocking and rolling. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we never seem to know how to open or close a show. Yeah, we don't. So we'd like to thank the Ram Man one more time and say good night, everybody. Peace. Peace out, guys.